0: Howdy Fox, the ghost of Robert Stack here. I used to haunt Double J's nightmares, and now I have hijacked his podcast. Camlet you live slash recorded from a studio slash spare bedroom, deep in the foothills of Appalachia, directly from the number one drug overdose death capital of America, per capita of course, Hawks of the Interwebs. At this point, Double J typically prescribes a shenanigan-infused journey into the mind of that particular garbage dude. However, not today, on today's Operation GCD Adventure, Double J is honored to be a guest on the Occult Rejects podcast with a host, the New York Patriot Nick, and co-host, Eason, in- to discuss the phenomenon known as the smiley face killers. Are young, intelligent, and oftentimes very athletic men are being abducted and murdered with their bodies later dumped in a body of water. Double J's theory of this smiley face killers phenomenon is that these murders are of an occult nature Essentially a modern-day human sacrifice, strangely occurring at sites of ancient human sacrifice rituals from America's ancient past. Those sites are the mounds. Anyhow, folks of the interwebs, the links for Double J, and the hosts of the Occult Rejects podcast are in the show notes. Enjoy today's discussion on the murder of young, intelligent, and oftentimes highly athletic men. As much as anyone can enjoy a discussion of such incidents of ritual human sacrifice or murder, by a network of cults here in modern-day America. William.
1: Hey, hey everyone. Welcome back to the Occult Re reject uh this episode i'm very happy to have both these on uh today i have with me i got jj vance and i do have lisa with me uh uh, most people probably have no idea who the hell lisa is unless they're a fan and they've maybe uh, noticed the way she spells her name might be the same way that she spells it you know other social media that's associated with the occult rejects but um you will see more of her going forward she has been on episodes that have been pre-recorded and just not out yet so the people live right now will have no idea who she is but uh, she is a fan that is so very much obsessed with the whole smiley face killer thing and uh, I did send a bunch of info because she wanted to uh, you know, I guess see me cover the topic and then one day JJ Vance happened to me and him just happened to get into contact with each other and he is a plethora of information on the Smiley Face Killers. So oh, that I, I reached out to Lisa, said instead of me just regurgitating your notes, how about you just jump on the show and join us? And uh, so without further ado, I would like to introduce, uh, you know, both guests, uh, JJ Vance, I'll let you first. What is up and let everybody know who you are.
2: Well, uh, Nick, I appreciate the uh, the offer to come on and well, discuss Smiley Face Killers today. And uh, and Lisa, it's nice to meet you. I look forward to the conversation.
3: Absolutely.
2: I, uh, I host the operation GCD podcast. That's uh operation garbage can, dude. It's kind of my <laughs> smart ass way of saying that I live in the garbage can world. And sometimes you get a little bit of that trash on you at times. Uh, <laughs> it's, uh, I bill it as a shenanigan infused journey into the mind of this particular garbage can dude. And it's just, uh, I, I you know, I, I'm a storyteller, so I like to tell various stories. Historical. Uh, I, I tend to get into secret societies and parapolitical activities. Those are sort of my focuses. And uh, one of the underlying currents of uh, my podcasts and mo- many series of my podcasts is the uh, the mounds, the ancient architecture that is uh, littered yeah. the, uh, the country of America. We, we call what we now call America, but has been here for mm, depending on who you talk to, between three and ten thousand years.
1: Mm-hmm. That's actually yep. another topic. Not not to fuck up your interest, no, and no, letting good. everybody know. But that's actually another topic. Me and you slightly talked about that. I had thought about us covering in the future as well.
2: Yeah, happy to come back and talk about mounds anytime. Yeah. We uh, we often call them Indian yes. burial mounds, or or Indian effigy mounds, or just Indian mounds. That's kind of a misnomer in the respect that many of the actual Indian tribes. I'm part Cherokee. This being one of the Indian tribes, they'll tell you that. They're not the ones who built these mounds, but many of these well, tribes have. Well, the Mormons have a... trying to say they did. <laughs> right. Well, the Mormons love mounds I... too. There's a lot. There's a lot of organizations. The Freemasons, the Jesuits, a lot of folks love mounds to build their structures on top of these these locations. I so mean, it, technically. It is... uh,
1: technically, okay. uh, I make a shot of it, but like when we were recently, when we were um, when we were covering stuff in the eye i was uh reference you know cold symbolism in the eye i i, I do mm-hmm. reference back to um what the fuck is that the fire and ice uh game of thrones i okay. do reference back to certain things with that and i showed as a joke i was showing like part of the intro that i thought was showing the puke and the sclera of the eye and but the church was built on top of a spiraling mound in the beginning of it which <laughs> i didn't go. even realize then and, it, and like you're talking about the spiraling mound mounds and i'm like even fucking game of thrones was showing castles built on these
3: spiraling mounds.
2: sounds like a very nice templar thing to do the Templar used to do that you <laughs> yeah, know? yeah
3: yeah yeah
2: there's a number there's a number of uh templar vance knights of clan vance of my of my peoples that built on, oh, on mounds shit. over in england and scotland
1: okay nice, nice. nice. oh so uh yeah and you oh, i yeah. know you have I know you have also – you you gave me a fuck ton of links that I had assumed some of those were also were also where you might be, like, getting some of your information from. But Yeah, those are some I, good
2: resources, you know, yeah. uh, out of the uh, old data that was collected over the last 20 years on – 20-plus years on the topic that's still
1: available for people to reference. Gotcha, gotcha. So, uh, for the people being live, I do have his links in the bottom, and there is a few – I didn't put all of those because – Uh, just time and what i was trying to do i could copy and paste all of them but i included a bunch of links too that have uh information on the tim we're going to be talking about so all his stuff is in the bottom right now and it will be when the episode drops for uh podcasting uh so thank you again jj uh for coming on yeah absolutely appreciate it and uh lisa uh i know again you don't have your own show you're just a researcher uh and then maybe, so maybe um, I'll ask you first, and then we'll go into uh, JJ Vance. What was it that even got you interested in the Smiley Queen's And the, the, and the so, re- reason I'm even asking you that is because when you sent me that fold you shared with me, I looked at it and I was like, this is a lot.
0: <laughs> so
1: it's obviously, <laughs> it's you. obviously something you're actually very into. Yeah,
4: yeah. <laughs> So I was a little obsessed with William Ramsey, and so I've heard a majority of all his podcasts that he's put out, and one in particular obviously caught my attention was The Smiley Face Killers. And he did extensive work on it, watched the video or documentary he put out, and kind of just put it in the back of my mind. And then it wasn't until this year, around February, March, that you start to hear chatter of young men being recovered in the lake here in Austin. Mm. And so it was kind of like, huh, that's odd, you know? And of course, you know, a lot of the city is downplaying um, the incidents. And so I, you know, it just basically sparked my interest, but then come April when two more were recovered and they were linking it to having a similar MO to the SFK, I was like, no, 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 there's more here. I mean, college town, water, you know, um, males. And so I started to look into it and sure enough, um, the the MO's right there. And so I started digging. Um and that's pretty much how I got started on that.
1: Oh, um, okay. That's pretty interesting. That, that's only oh I yeah. guess it's not cool that it's happening around you. Oh, I mean right. I guess that's cool that it might right. actually like you're into it because it could literally be happening in front of your face.
4: Right. It's it's in yeah, yeah it's in our well. backyard. Yeah. So um so yeah I've just kind of collected as you know Time goes on, just oh. different things. I do go down to the trail a lot to go walk and run and stuff. So it was something that I had been doing already in that um been visiting Lake like
1: Trail. You don't want to be a statistic. <laughs> and,
4: yeah. <laughs> I don't think I fit the MO though, but oh,
1: oh that's um, true. Yeah, 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 yeah. Make sure you have um, down and don't put it up in a bun. Yeah. You know, or right, in a hat. Exactly. They might yeah. think you're but then you again with the way today is, I mean. Listen, you never if know. you happen to find somebody who's a smiley face killer, who's also into QAnon, you're just going to assume you have a dick anyway, and they're going to kill you. So. <laughs>
3: That's pretty funny. Yeah. I don't know.
4: But, you know, and I had, been, I had been frequenting the trail, but not on the side uh, where all of the bodies are being recovered, but on the opposite end. And um been going down there since, I don't know, maybe 2011, 2012. And so you hear about things all the time and People hype it up, or they don't hype it up, or it's downplayed, or and so forth. So, this was this was something of interest to me because I frequent the area.
3: So. Sure.
2: Yeah, there's definitely been an uptick there at, uh, at Lady Bird Lake mm-hmm. in Austin.
4: Yeah, there has. There and, has. Uh, I don't know. No good. No, no, no. I don't know if you're how familiar you are with it. Yeah, I'm a, pretty like, familiar feel about it. No, okay. I'm pretty. I
2: mean, I haven't I haven't looked into the cases too deeply. I mean, I, I'm aware of the. I think there's maybe eight bodies now, eight victims. Anyway.
4: Um this this year it is five, I believe four.
2: Four and then eight, I think over like the five. last four or five years.
4: So the the how they're how they're categorizing it, it begins in two thousand eight, all the way up until this year. So it's running for about fifteen years, right. and the most, the major, the majority of them of the bodies recovered that have been the most have been in the last few years. So like 2018 was the year where they had the most bodies recovered. And I believe that was six bodies recovered yep. and then it's been, it was three after and then it was five the year after that and then five this year.
2: Okay. Well, that's so, more than I was tracking.
4: Yeah. Yeah. And yeah. there, go ahead.
2: No, go ahead. I didn't mean to interrupt you. Go ahead. no, no,
4: no, no. Oh. Just that it's been a total of like 30 bodies that have been recovered since 2008. Wow. And, um, of the 30, 14 are identified, unidentified bodies or uh, unidentified males. So it's nearly half, but they're, they're placing them within that 30 because of the way that they're found or the way that they're being recovered. Sure. It, it's very similar to the way the other ones are being found.
2: That makes sense. I did see one of them that I wouldn't have lumped in there and it was, a. Palestinian man who was running a children's charity, I believe, is what it was. That was
4: in 2008.
3: Yeah.
2: Yeah. 2008, yeah. And I, I don't know. Yeah. That one didn't seem to fit the details of any regard. I mean, he was in the no. 50s or late 40s. He, um, it, he was That found, one was, yeah, go ahead. Go
3: ahead.
2: No, oh, he was found with his hands and feet bound, I believe, and his eyes yeah. and mouth
3: duct taped or something like that. Yeah. So the, they yeah, it everything a suicide. was duct taped. Go ahead.
2: No, so then they ruled it a suicide after they had, you know, they find those. The victim found in the water like that. I mean, yeah. not only does that not really speak to suicide, it it uh right. doesn't it doesn't really fit the mo of the smiley face. Cameras. No, it
4: it doesn't. Um, if you read into it, I think a lot of it was that he was found in the lake. The fact that it was ruled a suicide, and yet all of what was found on the autopsy was completely off. Um, right. The other no, the other the other but you're right he his hands and feet were bound in front of him with duct tape and his face and eyes were bound with duct tape as well and that they ruled it a suicide and he was um he kind of had been under investigation by the fbi and i believe
2: yeah there was fbi stuff going on
4: yeah he his house had been seized um two months prior to that and According to neighbors, that that there were other activities where FBI was still coming in and seizing information and stuff like mm-hmm. that. But he was he was un, I think he was doing a lot of work for the Palestinian children.
3: Yep,
2: that's what I read. So yeah, yeah. And, cases like that, I, I agree they are suspicious, but I wouldn't. I know that that got that case is often lumped into these other yeah. you know drowning college age men, smiley face killer yeah. M O deaths. Right. I just they not just in Austin. There's other cities that kind of lump in some some similar right. cases. They may not right. need to go there, but overall, there's still even if you exclude those cases, there's still 300 plus men right. that, have, that have fallen victim to this this smiley face killer style phenomenon. Many of which have been confirmed to be foul, met, met foul play or, or homicide, despite the official, you know, decisions right. made by authorities.
4: Right, right. I mean, the way you any way you look at it, it's very nefarious.
1: Oh yeah, absolutely. Um,
4: so it's questionable all the way around.
1: Yeah, I just uh... imagine what it was is that the smiley face itself is an occult symbol and it holds so much power. For all you know, it could be a symbol for death. And then that's why these things just happened there. Now, I mean, I know that's fucking wild and crazy to think of, but I mean, just yeah. saying, like, how do we know, like, those things weren't actually just spray painted and somehow. Just through the fucking mathematics of the universe, that's where that person ended up dying, and getting drowned. Like I know it's. I wouldn't rule that out. No, absolutely.
4: That's and that's very, very possible because of the amount. So on Lady Bird Lake, that it's kind of known for its graffiti. People go out there and they they do they graffiti the bottoms of bridges or or what have you, and the graffiti is amazing. I mean, it's beautiful artwork and and so forth yeah you don't know if they had done it before prior to dumping the body and then or um if they did it after or so forth but i think one of at least here in austin there is a group or a coalition that goes around and spray paint or paints over graffiti on a weekly basis mm. so there is that that contention and then the other thing that in listening to a couple of the interviews from Gannon and Ramsey and all that, it's not just the smiley face that is attributed right. to uh, the killings that there are, what is it like, I don't know, 10 to 20 different symbols or sigils <laughs> that are associated with it.
2: Right. I believe it's about, about a dozen. And yeah. from my yeah. understanding of comments from detective Gannon, who was the, you know, one of the initial, you know, detectives on this theory in uh, my homicide, retired detective Gannon. Uh, he uh, He stated that the reason why they know that they're that a victim and found in water under these circumstances is a smiley face killer victim from this cult, this nationwide cult and possibly worldwide cult is because there's variations of those dozen symbols. So they'll yes. have the smiley face and they'll have like two of the other dozen symbols to go with it because this is some sort of language being communicated yes. amongst the organization and it's
4: associated with that location. In that that sigil, those sigils itself are specific to that location of that site. And then, obviously, if they go to Chicago, there's a you know the sigils associated with that site. And yeah, they were mentioning how they were talking. It's almost like they're talking back and forth to each other, or taking credit through symbolism and sigils.
2: I would agree with that statement, Lisa. There seems to be some sort of communications and uh, bravado involved in this. Absolutely, absolutely bravado. The impetus behind the graffiti.
3: I totally and agree I've I've that. seen some of these
2: I don't know if it's the same symbols that I've ever spoken with detective the detective Gannon or Professor Gilbertson. I've investigated on my own time a number of cases here in, in Ohio and specifically Cincinnati area. And I've seen a number of other graffiti symbols besides the smiley face at some of these locations. So I and some of them look really fresh too. So
3: yes.
2: I have to I have to assume that these are potential symbols that are being used. I, again I've never I, you know, I, I don't, think I've shared even, even any of the photographs or other symbols that I've seen with too many other people, but, you know, they've, in my mind, they're very likely, um, some of the same symbols that Detective Gannon and Gilbertson right. and gang and their team have, have found.
4: Right. And I think a lot of it too, was to eliminate the possibility of copycats. And so yeah. that if, if something happens, you have immediately people flooding to the area, trying to put up, you know, what they think are sigils or whatever. But if they see these sigils that they have not released to the public, then they know, okay, this is legit. This is associated with that. I, yeah, I believe sure. that was the whole reason behind not revealing what the other symbolisms were.
2: Symbolisms sure. were. And that's a standard yeah. procedure in law enforcement. Just, you know, they call them polygraph keys. Only the, okay. Only the perpetrator of the crime will know this if you bring them in for interviews or, or polygraphs or questioning. The other reason I think that, that uh, Detective Gannon and Professor Gilbertson and team cited was, and it's, it's kind of the, where the name Smiley Face Killer comes from. It's a, it's, it's, a, it's a misnomer of sorts, you know, kind of applied by the media. So okay. when, detect, when uh, Professor uh, Gilbertson first uh, convened some of his grad students at the university there, I believe it's in St. Cloud, Minnesota, they put together kind of a research project on some of these early drownings in the, you know, 1999 through 2002 timeframe. Yep, yeah. And the local media, he had, a, he had a news reporter come out before and do reports when he'd done projects with his students. He did it again, had a media come out and they're the ones who applied the name, the smiley face killers. And it, it kind of just stuck.
3: Gotcha. Gotcha. Yeah. I don't and think it was, in, they weren't intentionally I,
2: trying to portray right. it that way.
4: I had, I had assumed that it started because of the 1997, initial thing with the graffiti next to the first victim the Gannon found so oh, but absolutely. yeah no i i had no idea that it was the media that had actually um given it that moniker
3: yeah, actually, yeah.
1: i'm glad you just brought that up right now lisa and i i, I interrupt but i, I did want to ask no, go um, ahead. and you kind of just kind of stepped on it a little bit i think it might have been Vance that i was talking to you um maybe i'm just confused because of the names, because I know there are a lot of names and I haven't really oh, yeah, watched a lot something of or listened to something like these killers in probably a few months. But I thought that you might have mentioned something about who you thought or who was the first victim. For some reason, it wasn't a name that caught my interest. Yeah, there's a couple. Is so, it, so... it the same person she mentioned or, or, or is there a, 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 a victim one that you might think is someone else?
2: No, I mean, I, I, Lisa's correct. I generally no, refer to Patrick, okay. Patrick McNeil as the victim zero.
1: That's okay, the, all right. Was I wasn't the, sure if that victim, was the same person that you
2: told me. Yeah, same same person, same victim. It was 1990, 1996 New Year's Eve, I believe.
3: Yes. New Year's Eve? Yes.
2: 96, yeah. So, you know, January 1st, 1997, essentially. Um, because the following New Year's, I'm sorry, wait, disregard one. I believe Patrick McNeil disappeared in February. It was gone, was gone about 60 days, 90 days, I think 70 days before his body was found in the uh, East River in Alice Head Bay over in Brooklyn, which is like 12 miles away from where he disappeared in, in Manhattan Yeah. by Fordham University. Okay. One year, almost one year later, precisely,
3: right.
2: Larry Andrews, a second victim, was, was disappeared from, I believe it was more like the Garment District, kind of Empire State Building uh, area of Midtown Manhattan. And, uh, I haven't been to Manhattan in years, but I used to be a regular at McSorley's Irish pub there. Um, so I, I do, I do know the area fairly well. Um, so, you know, you have one guy way up North towards like the Bronx, you know, Fordham university, he disappears, lands up, ends up in the East river and 12 miles away in, uh, Alice head, uh, Bay Brooklyn. And almost a year precisely later, Larry Andrews. On New Year's Eve 1997, I believe he, he was a New Year's Eve victim. There's a lot of New Year's Eve victims, a lot of Halloween victims, but he, Larry Andrews winds up in the same exact spot as as uh, Patrick McNeil did almost one year later.
3: And they both disappeared
2: from Manhattan. And they had uh, Detective Gannon, I believe it's mentioned in the drowning uh, case studies and drowning in, in forensics textbook. And I believe they mentioned in there that uh, they had the the uh, water team from the NYPD uh, water team detect the currents and see where things were flowing. And they determined there was no way possible that either one of those men should have ever ended up in Alicehead, Brooklyn.
4: Right. And I think they didn't even have the markings. Right. Because like usually when bodies are dragged, when they sink to the bottom, they didn't have the markings. Of, no, uh, they didn't. Yeah. Yeah.
2: That's a good point, because yeah, when you're, yeah. especially when you're somewhere like the East River, which is not a clean river, a lot of stuff in that river, a lot of a lot of things floating around in there, a lot of things get caught caught on, caught mm-hmm. up in. So when when they find find these bodies, that's that is a key factor in determining that this was murder, or foul play had occurred here, and, and was a homicide. And the other one is. You know, when you have victims gone, especially as long as these guys were gone in some of the earlier, especially some of the earlier cases, and continues on today, and some of the more recent cases (laughs) with like James, but these folks are gone. uh, These men are missing. They go missing. out, You know, out, out drinking. They go missing, and they're gone 60 days, 70 days, some 40 days, and they should, but they don't exhibit signs of decomposition commensurate with being gone that long.
3: Right. Right
2: decomposition happens fairly quickly in, in the water. Right. I mean it's signs right. of decomposition you know
3: right. Uh, right.
2: Com- common signs are uh, skin slippage where the the skin especially around your nails or your your, right. uh, your scalp it starts separating. Right. Right. Um, there's another another common one is uh, which was present in Patrick McNeil's case was the uh, uh, fly larvae. He had fly larvae in his groin area. They, they, the flies, you know, had hatched, laid eggs in in his groin area, which can only occur, I believe it's under, over like 50 degrees Fahrenheit. 50,
3: 50
2: 50 50 degrees or something like that. And the water there was like 40 degrees.
4: Yeah. Yeah. And the water was, was
2: below that. Yeah. Now, I don't know how, that the flies could have had laid the eggs. There's what I'm saying. Go go ahead, Nick.
1: Oh, I've seen there you go. That, that might actually kind of answer what I was thinking just now. I was going to say, I don't know how you know fish or aquatic you know, things in the water are, but if you were to leave like a body in the woods and mm-hmm. there was wildlife around, there's a good chance they're actually probably going to the fucking dick off before they start. Oh, a- you're,
2: you're going to have yeah. predation from all sorts of creatures in the woods. For sure. They That's what I'm
1: saying. So, so, so what I'm thinking but, is like, yeah. could you have gotten the flies there because something already Chewed away, ate that off. It was outside. Flies came, laid their little fucking eggs, and now this motherfucker got tossed in the water. Yeah, yeah.
2: I mean, it's like, thought, like you, it's like, you lot would lot have to wonder about
1: the flies and that missing. Could that have been done by wildlife in a wooded area for
2: Oh, you're saying did he lay in a wooded area before he's putting oh, yeah, water? Yeah,
1: yeah, yeah. Yes, yeah. and oh, that's why his, his genitals day. were yeah, possibly day. eaten off for all yeah. you fucking yeah. know. Yeah, yeah, that's yeah,
2: most likely. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I, I presume I've never personally done it but I presume if you just like the conditions you're gonna find outside if you were to leave it a body inside indoor somewhere you're gonna have la- the the fly larvae are still gonna are still gonna be laid the eggs yeah. so some of that it's not necessarily an indoor outdoor thing but uh,
4: that's part of the mo is that the bodies that are found in water are found floating and yep. so when they're found floating usually when from what I've read usually when when you have an accidental drowning the body will sink and with and it'll sink for I believe a few days, correct. And then once it once it, all of the enzymes and everything start degrading and everything after a few days, then it will float. You have to what is it, uh, bloat to float or something? Yep. And so on. then you have all of that you know extensions of of all God knows what, um, and then you're you're found floating. However, most of these bodies are floating, but that there is no bloating and there's no you know puffing up, so yep. that. So there's that hole that they were unalived or they were, they were killed somewhere else and not in that. Um, a couple of things that I read on some of the autopsies that have been made public of the uh, victims that have been found is that their total lung weight is not consistent with that of the total lung weight of victims of accidental drowning in freshwater or salt water, sure. And um, they're actually underweight for even normal lungs of total weight.
3: That's another so, good point. Yeah.
4: So there's there's that whole and and that's part of the MO in that they their their lungs are not taking in water because they're pro they're possibly not alive at the time of being placed in water.
2: No, it's you're spot on. I mean, some of them sometimes some victims have no water in their lungs. So Correct. how authorities reach the determination that they drowned is a different story altogether. I tend to I tend to attribute that to the the law enforcement uh, concept of path of least resistance. It's a very common concept, you know, hammered into you from early, you know, as a former law enforcement officer myself, that was very, uh, you know, pounded into my head as far as the concept to to understand and and incorporate from day one. So (laughs) you can kind of, well, the the concept in in general is more of a tactical concept um, as far as the application of operations in law enforcement. um, It does get applied to like administrative functions and everything else too, because it just becomes entrenched within the, the uh, mindset. So I think a lot of that, you know, you know, it's the path of least resistance. This kid drowned. We found him in a river. He was out drinking. He drowned. No other questions. And sometimes there are no other questions. They don't always order right. an autopsy unless the families are ordering additional testing. The right. liver tissue is not getting tested for GHB, which GHB has turned out. And I believe again, and Gilbertson state that it's a hundred percent of their cases that right, they've had right. the families tested for GHB, roughly two dozen. Hundred percent, GHB. Right. In every,
3: in every victim. But I
4: think he was he was indicating that they were testing liver samples, and I wonder how much of it is that the GHB that is being tested by MEs is via blood. And I believe GHB yeah. has a half life of six to twelve hours. So it if they're gone, so if they're gone more than twelve hours, you're you're not going to pick it up. I believe in in that amount of time in the bloodstream. Now, if you do a liver sample or hair sample, I don't I don't know. I don't know what the metabolic rate. Um, in terms of all that, how soon it would show up on the liver? So yeah, um, I'm not
2: sure. I think they have a much ex- more extended period of time to test the liver. You're right. And uh, G- well, GHB is naturally produced to very minute levels in, in the human body. It's not; these are not minute levels we're talking about here. These are exponentially high levels, in,
3: right.
2: And explain, you know, the the drunken state of appearance of a lot of these victims. For example, uh, I had a friend of mine in high school. He uh, we were we were at a, one of our friends' houses, partying, drinking, et cetera. And he was digging through the medicine or the uh, cupboards in the kitchen looking for some more liquor or, and uh, discovered a bottle that uh, turned out not to be liquor. Turned, to be a, turned out to be a bottle of GHB. He drank the oh, entire God. thing. We, you know, we had to get him to the ER. He fought like eight nurses and doctors. They had to strap him down to a bed. I mean, you get like, he had like huge superhuman strength from it. He didn't remember a thing. I mean, he was totally blacked out, but still functional. To a certain certain right. degree, right. And, right? But it does it does give it a very strong appearance of being very drunk. Yeah. Um, yeah. It's extremely inebriated. If you see somebody who's who's on GHB, and GHB, the reason why there was a bottle of it in my friend's uh, folks' uh, kitchen uh, cupboards was because they're uh, professional bodybuilders. And GHB is oh. a, a very common supplement used in, in professional bodybuilding because it assists with the uh, recovery of muscle. Uh, the time frame that muscles
3: recover. Yeah had no
4: idea very what very i cool. i i had heard that ghb is now being used recreationally that's true too uh, yeah. yeah so
1: that shit was lot like, of, I mean, uh, 20 years ago fucking 25 years ago when i was when you know when i was like 18 19 or 20 i could have fucking ghb anytime i wanted when i went to a rave. to say yeah. It just depends on just depends on like uh, how how like you know how does society deem in it? Is it okay to take? Is it a cool drug yet? It's been around.
2: <laughs> that, I, that's where I experienced it too. Like uh, when I was under twenty one, or and you know in the military, for <laughs> San, I was down in San Antonio for police, the police academy. I remember going down down the River Walk. You know, I was a day over day over eighteen, maybe not even eighteen yet, because I joined when I was seventeen, and. uh we were at one of the dance clubs down there it was with a group of group of friends and you know, some of them were, they were taking like, you know, a water bottle. They had like someone had a water bottle and like a capful. full. You were taking like capfuls of the GHB. If you're under 21, cause they stamp your hands. So you can't get a drink in the club.
3: Oh, that was yeah. their way
2: of, you know, still partying in the club.
3: Wow. So I, you I, guys I ever definitely... hear of,
1: uh, sorry.
2: No, oh, good. No, I was just so, saying I, I definitely yeah. encountered it in that club environment, that Raymond bar. Oh yeah,
1: for sure. Do you ever hear of DJ Kiyoki?
2: Oh yeah, the Penny uh, <laughs> Hanna guy. Day. He's
1: yeah,
2: the son of the like, guy that owned Penny Hanna's, the federal he was also film. He was
1: also really cool with like, uh, oh fuck, who was that kid? Macaulay Culkin ended up playing like some unknown movie, ended up playing. Oh, the, uh, like the Party Monster. Yeah, 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 yeah. it was like kind of, but I, I had seen him a few times. I knew people on the rave scene that was close with him. I knew a bunch of gay people, and they were really cool with them. That was in the race scene, because I think I'm pretty sure Kiyoki was gay himself. He was like uh, the first like left before they were cool, I guess. Um, I'm sorry. Are you <laughs> saying Kiyoki
2: or Aoki? Maybe I'm. No, Kiyoki, DJ Kiyoki. Oh, okay.
1: You're probably, DJ oh, Aoki, Aoki. yeah. To, totally, to, 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 totally, totally,
3: totally
1: different. different. Days, okay. So not the Benihana guy, then. <laughs> yeah, that's what I was like. I don't know about Benihana, but I knew he was... A no, DJ Aoki's it, but... father was the Benihana guy. Oh, no, no. Kiyoki. Oh, no. uh, I don't know DJ Kiyoki. That's he, a different one. I, mean, he he, I mean, he was good enough to where he donned himself DJ Superstar Kiyoki. You okay. Know? Um. But uh, he he was huge for a while. But like, I knew some people that were close to him, kind of. And I uh, he played somewhere that I was actually at, and I was like able to like hang out here where he was fucking playing. And this fucking dude literally had a squirt water bottle of GHB. This motherfucker is just squirting oh, shit in God. his mouth as he's playing.
3: Good
0: lord! Like,
1: yo! Wow! Because the is is I think you can actually build a tolerance to. It. So yeah, like no he doubt. was using it so oftenly that this motherfucker is literally as he's fucking mixing and getting twisted in his leather fucking outfit, like looking like a gimp from fucking uh, what was what was said uh that fucking movie Pulp Fiction. I mean, Pulp you guy's DJ yeah. and looking like that, fucking uh, drinking fucking GHB like it's iced tea. So I mean, the shit was wow. huge back. <laughs> <laughs>
2: yeah, that party monster situation that's a big uh, murderous situation around the rave scene there in New York City, yeah. was it not?
1: Yeah. Yeah, it was, that shit was yeah. huge. Yeah. yeah. yeah so that's kind of, how, you know, it was funny when I heard about it being a date drug. I was like, yo, I was like, but like, there was like hundreds of people like raving and dancing on this
3: shit. Right. Last <laughs>
1: week announced a date rape drug. I'm like, holy fuck. I had no idea. Like, I guess I didn't know. Weird. just weird. <laughs> Been around, yeah, but I
2: mean, just yeah. that scene that kind of uh electronic music scene, the EDM, um, yeah, yeah, EDM that, that that's kind of where the smiley face symbol is used as a, a kind of a chaos symbol, it seems. Yeah.
4: And it's funny you mentioned that because there is an underground EDM rave techno or uh, industrial um scene not mm-hmm. too far from Rainy Street where all of the um interesting the uh, men are disappearing from.
2: Yeah, and a number of these victims down there in Austin are also uh, gay men, right? There are also a few of them. At least a few of them have been confirmed to be gay men.
4: Um, I believe there was only one or two that out of the thirty. Okay. If maybe just one, but I believe all of them. Again, you know, limited reporting. You know, limited. Nobody knows anything in terms of associations with. You know, if they were you, the one of the ones that were known, they were with groups of people. Sure. and then they were seen walking away or grabbing an uber or being refused alcohol at, at the at the next bar that they were at because they were acting erratic and then they would take off in this you know fit or whatever um but in terms of of, of the homosexuality that i i don't know but from what right. i've read it a majority were not were heterosexual
3: okay you know there's but, been an
4: in yeah.
2: that, that activity amongst the uh, gay communities
1: right and number of you victims
2: know, have been in that
3: community yeah. yeah
1: this is kind of almost making me think a little bit about something i did want to ask before i mean I, real quick i mean we're just kind of like talking about raves and you even said smiley face and raves uh I, this is just my opinion uh and i'm not saying all of them and when i say this this is not meaning it's good or i'm just a term i do think uh, uh rave electronic music is deeply occulted or some people who are into it I, as a DJ. I mean, I, I do uh, DJ, I have made a few mixes i DJ for years over the past on and off. Okay. I'm going to be doing it more now. And like, I, I even plan on streaming it out. I'm going to start doing live mixes that I'll actually stream out. Um, nice. I will tell you, I'm, I'm always transparent. So I'm, I'm going to tell them myself again. These DJ, the mixes that I'm doing First off, in my head, it's 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 somehow it's a story on the tree of life. My DJ mixes are like that. Oh, I'll nice. Show you straight up, it is an occult story. It meant something to me. And 90% of the artists that I am using, if I was to show you their album cover, or if you knew the name of the track, you would know off the bat they're fucking occultists as well. Yeah. This is everywhere. So you're I agree. saying yeah. like. And, and why I'm going on about this is because now I have wondered with the uh the smiley face killers. I'm sure all three can agree it's not one fucking group doing it everywhere. Right. Like you said, different right. people. Maybe that's why there's different symbols, because there's the, that flavor that and this this flavor over here did it this day. You know what I'm saying? You know what I'm saying? that that kind of flair, but I I do start to question and it's because of just the fact of being able to move around a lot and nobody knowing who the fuck you really are. I have questioned um circuses. Mm-hmm. I have questioned and I had always I spoke to you this earlier, um, bar bands or maybe mm-hmm. maybe maybe some of those weird bands that play at pizza places. Band <laughs> weird right. fucking bands like that when they do their yeah, fucking no name tours around. They were definitely um, no, they
2: the ask cult bands of that comment comment. Yeah
1: yeah yeah and and small, just like, like small bands thinking, you've never
2: heard of obscure names
1: that's what i'm saying like those obscure bands that nobody really knows about but they you know they do their little tours they make their couple yep. of bucks you know we're even now thinking about it rates you have yep. people yep. that may not necessarily be living in that area playing that nobody knows near- you know, you're fucking nobody except for the fucking kid in that club. Or, you know what I'm saying? You could be Joe Blow. You could be DJ Joey Jeep. Nobody knows who the fuck he is, but he's a decent DJ. Yeah. He plays at places. Yep, sure. Do you think everybody knows fuck he looks like? You know what I'm saying? Like, you could have people that are from all over the place being in areas that they're normally not supposed to, that nobody knew they were fucking really there. Nobody could say, oh, yeah, I saw so-and-so there. You know, I was just Joey Jeep in the fucking DJ booth. Nobody knows a yeah. fucking right. mind so and so. Right. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like how the f- you know, yeah. especially with these bands and fucking carnies, who the fuck's gonna pay attention to some fucking weirdo that's there to set up a fucking carnival?
2: Yeah, no, I, I'm, I'm have, right there you with have, you.
1: Nick. I do wonder about those things. Like, can these people that are traveling around even be doing like that? Well,
2: it, it would be Definitely. beneficial to commit the crime because no one's gonna be wondering where you were, yeah. why you left, why you're acting strange. You've disappeared you disappeared into
1: society especially yeah. like carnival yeah. people or like those bands yeah. that are like you you're like you're not you're not seen really even though you're being seen you're not you know what i'm getting at like yeah. Yeah,
2: absolutely and yeah. to speak to the, your your point on the occult nature of music i think you're spot on there because and i'll just give you one example Have, you, have, have either of you all ever uh, been familiarized or read the uh weird scenes inside the canyon book by dave mcgowan
4: yeah i've heard of the book
2: great book he goes over kind of the manufactured uh history and state of uh, the hippie rock counterculture of the 1960s and how it erupted out of the hollywood hills and how it uh had all these occult influences you know i think we the... got
1: electronic sorry i don't want to interrupt you
2: no go ahead i
1: just think a lot of stuff with the occult, uh, with electronic music i think to an, to an extent i think that was created so it was easier to hit certain octaves and tones that would make us react Natural, natural instruments
2: can make different so like tones. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, I agree with you.
1: My, my point oh, on the. Uh... Oh shit! I'm fucking live. I may have to sign for that package. Fuck. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yo, if, if you can't, please actually. And this is crazy. Can you actually? I'll just have to like, go for two to make sure that's not for me. Yeah, 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 yeah. And
3: you no, got no. You, go, guys,
1: go, you guys. You guys take over the show. I'm so sorry. Yeah,
4: yeah, no, no. no.
2: So yeah, I'll just finish my point on the, on the music yeah. scene. Uh, so I, I recently, uh, I used to operate a website, operation gcd.com. I don't any longer. Um, but I'm turning a lot of the written series that I did on that website into a uh, podcast. And I just, a few weeks ago, I published the first one in what I, a series I call, um, smells like Laurel Canyon. Cause, uh, okay. Laurel Canyon was the Dave McGowan book. And it's, uh, what I've done is I've, I've extrapolated kind of the, uh, the salient characteristics, you know, core concepts of that he identified, that McGowan identified in the 1960s countercultural movement out of hippie rock in Los Angeles, and I applied those concepts to the 1990s grunge rock countercultural movement out of Seattle, and it okay. fit
3: perfectly. Oh so, wow, that's you know, interesting. Just
2: the, just the general concepts, the salient characteristics from two music scenes, 30 years apart, essentially. And, uh, you know, one of the highlights of those core concepts for salient characteristics is the occult nature and cult, uh, connections. Right, right. Very, it's not not limited or minute. It's very heavy. It's a very strong undercurrent through both scenes Right. and not necessarily directly connected to Seattle, but that music scene is the industrial rock scene. The kind of derivative or corollary to the. Grunge rock scene, be it Nine Inch Nails, for example. I'm just
3: going to say, yeah, yeah.
2: Yeah. They're not the inventors of the industrial rock scene, but they're kind of the ones who made it more mainstream, right? Okay. The, the yeah. inventors of the industrial rock scene was a band, a UK band named Throbbing Gristle. And it was, okay. that was their idea was, Nick knows what I'm I've talking heard about. Of them. And that was the yeah, idea
1: did, was. Did was, you, was, I hate to just interrupt right now, yeah. but just so I know, yeah, did ahead. you happen to bring up, uh, is, is this associated with the comic plays?
2: I mean, in theory, it could be because. Oh no,
1: no, no! no. I'm just, oh, no, I'm just making sure. Of, no, for some reason no, I no. was thinking of that, and I don't mind if we bring that up. It's just don't say the whole word at once because I've gotten my channel taken down without strikes. Understood. Because of bringing up that fucking place. That's why all that pizza. <laughs> Got yeah. it. Not a problem. No, I'm just saying, going forward, try to try to with that topic. I hate. I hate censoring myself believe me i do it's just i, yeah. I don't want to my youtube over that fucking asshole you know no, uh, i understand striking it that brings up his name or his fucking pizza place so just talking sorry for the interruption i thought we were no i'm, but I'm i
2: am that. glad you brought that up because uh i mean i generally view that that establishment is being thelemic in nature being uh the parties that are involved with it at least are, are uh, members of uh, some sort of flemic
1: organization some flema offshoot yeah, i've i've shown people um i forgot the name of the band that's why i was wondering if it was that band that you mentioned uh it was in our shriners or maybe our Quetzalcoatl series i can't remember what it was by Quetzalcoatl. i think we there was a band that actually recorded their video inside that place and there's a few times you catch motherfuckers wearing a fez hat in the crowd
2: interesting that was like uh... i was not aware of yes i've seen a lot of those videos from like the basement area there
1: Oh, uh, yeah. This one, it was actually done, like, in the restaurant area. Okay. They were showing people sitting down, to And that was, like, another thing. They had, like, a rabbit sitting on the fucking table. Like, a, a like a stuffed-up rabbit. Like, obviously, you know, the rabbit hole. You know, it was, like, all these occult things, like, just randomly placed, too, like, as they were filming this video for a bit inside that place.
2: Yeah, that's interesting. And, uh, you know, referencing your uh, your your previous mention of Macaulay Culkin, he had connections to that place with his band, Pizza Underground.
3: Yeah. So, yeah. And then the thing is, he right. tells you, that's like, then right.
1: he's with the whole rabbit ears and, you know. Well, I was going the say, then you got the ears rabbit like, ears going with him. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so that's what I was yeah. saying. It was just very, very weird video. So there's
2: yeah. definitely a lot of occult stuff going on and around that place. But Throbbing Gristle, as I was pointing out while you were away, is the band that kind of invented industrial rock music. It was okay. a UK band. They were taking kind of the punk rock and the electronic dance music scenes and kind of combining them into one music scene which became these, this industrial rock scene so they were kind of the forerunners or front at the frontier of that scene but really who put industrial rock on the map was trent reznor and in nine inch nails oh I mean, trent no, reznor- no
3: see
1: i would yeah. i not, unfortunately unfortunately because i'm just a skinny puppy <laughs> fan i might argue well, yeah, okay. that with yeah
2: they were big too but they were i'm not sure if they were I knew and, and they
1: did have i think i think that's where i got the whole throbbing gristle thing confused skinny puppy put out an album Called well, Puppy Bristle, I think. So that's probably where I was. Oh, yeah, yeah. But uh, yeah, I'm, no, I'm I mean, I'll, I'll, I'll put it. I'll, I'll put it this way. I'm just gonna leave it here. Trent Reznor opened up for Skinny Puppy, he got booed a long time ago. So oh, I'm just gonna
2: leave it there. Interesting. Yes. He got
1: uh, boot I know. Off I the know stage. Skinny Puppy
2: kind of on its face. Like I don't know much of their music, but um as far as yeah. well, at least my perception of the industrial rock and the mainstream, yeah, no, mainstream I And he, and oh, he the fact, mainstream, yeah, uh, mainstream for
3: sure.
0: Yeah,
2: he, he got, produced right. uh, some of the thro- throbbing gristle folks. There's some of their later projects, right? Because they broke up and you know they did, did other other projects. Um, Christofferson, um, it's one of the individuals' yeah, names.
3: Yeah.
2: And then uh, Genesis Piorich. So Genesis Piorich, Christofferson, Trent Reznor, they all got together in 1992, 1991, and made a, an EP album called Broken. And William Ramsey. Uh, he highlighted this in his doc, smiley face killers documentary. And I thought that's when he and I connected because we've, we've done a four, three or four five podcasts on the smiley face killers over the years. And it was after he did this documentary is when I reached out to him, I said, you're spot on with this assessment because what I think he did was capture in that broken, it's, it's an EP album and like a 30 minute music video, like kind of broken up into different music videos is the project. And again, it's the throbbing gristle guys. It's the, it's Trent Reznor. They record it in the Manson Family Death House, at least a portion of it, where yeah. Trent Reznor built a studio there in Laurel Canyon, or I'm sorry, Benedict Canyon in the, in the Hollywood Hills. So there's there's all the occult overtones there with the location that they're doing these things in, producing this music. The activities of the individuals involved, Genesis Peorage, I believe, is the self-proclaimed process church member. I, I get the process church disbanded 50 years ago, but... This is, you know, there are people still today claiming to be members of the process. And I believe he recently died. I believe he was one of them. He was also, I believe, a transgendered individual. He was born a man, mm-hmm. maybe still identified as a man, but he got a breast implants. Odd okay. character, Genesis Piorich. Very close friends with Damien Eccles of the West Memphis Three. There's is something else William Ramsey has brought, brought to the attention. Right. Yeah. So you have more of the occult overtones yeah, going on yeah, there with that group, right? right? Mm-hmm. And, and that, and that, goes in all sorts of different directions. Marilyn Manson's involved in that inner circle between Johnny Depp and Damien Echols and uh, Joe Rogan's buddy, Doug Stanhope, the comedian.
1: Yeah, you know who was really close to Marilyn Manson? Who's that? Fucking macho man.
2: I did not know that. Yeah,
1: right? There's pictures of them That's like interesting. hanging out and shit, yeah.
2: Because one, I know one of his, you know... Ellen. Listen,
1: listen, you people may think I'm crazy. That, that shit... Now, I used to say, I don't know, you know, it could be Vince McMahon or whoever's running this shit. But then if if you watch these specials recently they've been putting out, a lot of these wrestlers, they really do make it sound like they actually come up with their own ideas and then pitch it. And, you know, or a lot of these things, they actually write them, even their own outfits. I'm just going to say this, my opinion, my opinion, and I'm including Macho Man as much as I love him. There were (laughs) occultists wrestling I have no doubt. Sound crazy. Yeah. so crazy. Yeah, yeah I have yeah. no doubt. I, mean, I look think it's fucking think it's gold dust. Club. Fucking gold dust. Look at his fucking outfit. For <laughs> sake. Well,
2: the Undertaker. How about that one?
1: Even the Ultimate Warrior. I hate to say. It.
2: Yeah, I think you're right. I think I think there is a large, uh, loosely knit club of or a uh, different occult organizations that 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 interact and in, you know kind of uh, just underneath a layer of society that's on its you know we see on its surface. So unless okay. you're in, in in one of those clubs and and uh, tuned to that that. uh communities, you know, the interlocking nature of those communities, I don't think that you're going to really realize it until you look deeper into it. I, I never even thought until just now that WWE had an uh, occult, uh, you know, nature to some of those oh, characters. I
1: even it's as crazy as it sounds, which I, I think is like, I'm like, am I watching like what the new wrestling is going to be? I'm, I'll admit it. I'm big into Battle bots. I love that show. I think it's fucking great. And you know, I do question, and you know, I, I'm like, am I watching? Like, am me watching this? Am I contributing to like this technical advancement that's gonna wipe out <laughs> fucking humanity? <laughs> you know, like instead of wrestling, no. is it gonna be battle bots? Because like no. they're even like almost getting storylines in the bad guy, the you know, like, the one who says the stupid shit on the mic after they win. Nice. It's like almost they're getting like you know wrestling now. But like, they have the heel bots. You know, there, saying. there is outfits that these motherfuckers wear when they come out with their bots these symbols and these color schemes that in my opinion i'm not again uh, skype thinks it's everywhere that shit is even in fucking battle bots in my opinion
2: that's interesting
1: i mean if you, know, if you look at the way the battle bots logo is and that fucking ring is set up it's, it's 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 to me you're watching the power and the glory on the Kabbalah tree go at it
2: interesting that's I mean, you're, you're an individual that knows much about the occult, so that's something that I'm familiar with. I'm glad you brought that up. I'll have to check that out. Mm-hmm. But in regards to just, uh, especially rock music or music in general, um, you know, relative to like Marilyn Manson, I believe he, he's a he, he may not be a self-proclaimed process member, but I know he's a self-proclaimed Church of Satan member. Right. And mm-hmm. uh, again, you have a weird, uh, you know, uh, kind of connection with this, this group because Trent Reznor was the mentor of Marilyn Manson. They both they're both from Cleveland, Ohio, and uh, I don't know about Trent Rezzer's background, but Marilyn Manson's background fits the same uh, mo as the, uh, the the Laurel Canyon scene rockers of the nineteen sixties and the grunge rockers of the nineteen nineties early late eighties early nineties. Whereas Manson was more like late nineties. But when I say he fits the same mold, he um, his father was a army officer, I believe intelligence officer which is a very common thread amongst all those previous mm-hmm. rock and roll mm-hmm. generations. Mm-hmm. So he's kind of cut from the same cloth in that regard. I don't, I don't. again, I don't remember Trent Reznor's background in that aspect. But I do find it interesting that you have these, you know, self-proclaimed occultists uh, doing these music videos and songs that seem to be of an occult nature. And what William Ramsey captured in his documentary was what I like to call kind of the psychosexual aspect of the crime. So yeah. in that, in that uh, broken they go around in the music video they go around to driving around town the characters in the music video you know they're playing doing this all to nine inch nails music in the background and they're uh they they stalk a man walking down the street they kidnap the man they put him in like a gimp suit like you were saying before nick and they they uh go through some sort of psychosexual water torture with the man before before they kill him Yeah. so that's captured yeah. in
3: yeah
2: an industrial but, rock music video
3: yeah i mean
1: if you if, I mean, again, this is some just random thought that popped in my head. You talk about a gimp suit. I mean, does anybody like as we're watching again Pulp Fiction? Does anybody question why the fuck there's a guy with a gimp suit inside of a box somewhere?
2: Immediately when I saw it for the yeah. first time, I didn't watch the game yeah, it's just, just it's like weird well, about.
1: so random. It's Just you know, just it's just weird shit like that. It just makes you wonder. It's like, a dark scene. Yeah. Are Very these dark. are these all little snippets of the same event or same action going on? Just you know, different ways.
2: Yeah, I mean, it could be. I could probably, I could probably fill 30 minutes on what I find to be the occult uh, undertones of uh, Quentin Tarantino films. But I mean,
1: that that whole thing is even. I mean, you he goes in there, the Killian red sign in the background, so the lights are out, it, it says Kill Ed, and then eventually after the fact, uh, who's Zed, baby? Zed's dead. Like the whole Ed and Zed. Obviously, there's some fucking playoff with that because you're being shown shit like that throughout the scene. That whole fucking movie is a, that I actually I say this about so many movies, but that is a movie I do really want to cover too for the occult undertones. It's fucking I think I hate to say it, I think it's amazing work for an occult story.
2: Yeah, he's good he he writes a good tale. He's a good storyteller. I do I do appreciate Tarantino for that. And I, I like the I think that's why he's so huge.
1: Yeah. It's because he is very good at showing occultism to people without them knowing at all. That's why that's I think a good point. he's very he's very well well-reviewed.
2: That's a very good point. I think that I think there might be some validity to that.
1: And, and as much as much as, as I keep going at about it now, I've, you know, again, when we're even talking about the eyes, I bring up stuff that I think has something to do with Nazism. Because again, I, I think that is an actual just magic. Um, we mentioned, you know, just Stephen King off the bat for a second. And I'm like, Oh, apt pupil. That includes a yeah. Nazi. Uh who was I just fucking yeah, very
2: cold very cold a lot of occult and Stephen King stuff, a lot of occult, uh you know
1: and false. and then wait fuck, fuck, I just had a brain for who was I just talking about before I said that yeah
2: Tarantino because
1: Tarantino. yeah Tarantino inglorious bastards something else right, about you know? Nazi it's just see you know what I'm saying? What is fucking uh, what Kanye okay. fucking West gets kicked off of Twitter because they're just showing and there's something up with that shit. It's magic. Oh, good people point, don't Nick. know. People, they, yeah. people don't want motherfuckers to know that. Yeah. Well,
2: if you look at the Process Church, for example, they they had a high veneration for the the Nazis and the SS in general, or the not the SS and the Nazis in general. So. I mean, even you go you back know. to
1: fucking theosophy. I and mean, you got the fucking well, that's... and the blue eyes there.
2: I'm glad you brought that up because I was actually going to mention theosophy next. So when I, when I try to take in the, the overall occult umbrella of activities, you know, that could be related to smiley face killer activities, the phenomenon in general, I do find it to be an operational group, operational being they're highly trained to, to, to move and communicate with one another in, in accomplishing these operations. Um, Maybe that's just my training that I have in my history from 20 years in the military police, SWAT team leader from most of my career. Uh, from early on and uh so high you know highly trained i'm graduate of numerous swat schools the army i was in the air force but i graduated the army swat school the army sniper school you know a lot of that so i've had a lot of the you know a lot of introduction into some operational training and i see operational training all over the smiley face killer crimes these are these are people operating in small cells in many different cities they operate in you know five to ten people per cell probably is from my estimates but well you would need to to have to to accomplish these activities and they they, they uh operate in uh, in kind of a gang aspect as well you know whereas you have like uh, an initiation into the gang and that way people are always wondering why if you, no one people claim no one keeps a secret and you can't keep a secret and someone would write on these people nah, not if you're getting initiated in the gang and they take pictures of your family like let's look at son of sam that's what david berkowitz story was right <laughs> he had to give up pictures of his family he had to kill somebody to get into the gang these are the same type of activities I think that are playing out again here with the Smiley Face Killers. Okay. But in regards to the Theosophy, you're right. Nazism comes from Theosophy. Um, Thelema comes from Theosophy. Heavy, heavy um, uh, influence on from Theosophy. Uh,
1: yeah, oh, yeah that, I wouldn't say it comes from. Yeah, not, not, from not necessarily
2: idea. comes, but has a has a heavy strong influence. Yeah, strong I influence.
1: think they they both understood each other for sure. And like I've said this multiple times, even Crowley had high, high things to say about Blavatsky himself,
0: so. Yeah, yeah no, and but know, like he Blavatsky. shit on
1: Normally, he shit on women, so not, you know, you know, he, he was, you know, he, he was who he was. Uh, sure. He was very nice about her, though.
2: <laughs> Blavatsky's oftentimes is, like, the individual reference as kind of the leader of theosophy, but relative to this country, it was really a man by the name of Abner Doubleday, the man who allegedly invented
1: baseball. Oh, you know, he real, was, real quick, real, he was the head quick. of the
2: Theosophical Society after Bovatsky. Oh,
1: good. Also, if you think about theosophy, some people do get all alien UFO shit from that too, right?
2: Yeah, absolutely.
1: Well, didn't the Nazis also thought they had some Nazi belt with some UFOs? Suppose you know, there's stories of that as well. Like, there's there's a fucking common thread that goes along with all three of these things. Sure. No, I UFOs, think, I think part, Nazis and occultism.
2: I agree. I kind of group them into what I call ancient alien cargo cults. You're familiar with the concept of a cargo cult from like the South Pacific during World War II. The US was dropping uh, cargo onto random islands, and the indigenous people of those islands who didn't know airplanes, didn't know who G.I. Joe was, were getting these crates of food and supplies. So they built a whole religion around it, right? So they started building like wooden airplanes to, to depict what they saw fly over, fly overhead. <laughs> That they dropped, they dropped the cargo, and they thought if they did these ceremonies, that God, that airplane, GI Joe, if you will, is what the, some of the islanders called him, would come back, and these people sure. have been playing out these I've rituals for, for many years since then.
3: Wow. So I've seen, I've seen, a lot of
2: these. All, all these cult organizations kind of go into a in a pyramidal kind of you know organization in general, I think, but they all are kind of an ancient alien cargo cult organization.
1: A, even a even a, another reason, uh, the the whole reason I was even bringing up again, like the, the Nazis and the Nazi bell and like UFOs and theosophy, is because I, I did also mean to throw in, even that symbol that Kanye got kicked off of Twitter for, that symbol even though I had the Nazi swastika on it goes back to a UFO cult. Realism, I did not know that or realism. However, did you say that? Yeah, oh, that's the brilliant. Brilliant. so you have you have real, a, you ha- real. Ha- yeah. So you have the a fucking yeah. UFO okay. cult that believes in UFOs using that same fucking symbol. It's fucking magic and occultism.
2: Yeah, again, I think, you know, I don't know what, I don't know precisely what the infatuation is, but all of these kind of thelemic offshoot organizations seem to have an infatuation with the the, the Nazi vrills or the SS, you know, occult philosophies of those groups to where, you know, I, I don't think that that's, Something that may that's something that may still play out here in the smiley face killer cult. You know, they in my mind they are a thelemic offshoot. When I say thelemic offshoot, I mean like you had thelema, then what seems to be the the going trend within occult organizations is you start your own occult organization, you take different parts and pieces from other occult organizations, you mash them together and you have a new organization. Be it Temple of Set offshoot from Church of Satan, which was supposedly, you know, an offshoot of Thelema, right? Or at least heavily influenced by it, right? Right, So I think if you follow kind of that evolution down, uh, you're going to find the smiley face killer Cult in that, in that network is my, in my opinion. Right. And again, you, you point out a good, good point, Nick, that does start in large part. A lot of the, the occult philosophies did begin with the, the Theosophical society and back to Abner Doubleday, the man who invented, allegedly invented baseball. He was a member of the society of Cincinnati, the secret society that started this nation. They built, they built this nation on top of mounds. What's the game of baseball focused around a mound. And it's got the compass and square as well, symbology built in, into the field, if you, if you will.
3: Yeah. Yep. So I mean, even
1: even the mound. I mean, I know this this could be a stretch, but I mean, even if you think of what symbol the Nazis use, that looks like it's spinning. So it was a mound. In the sense it's. Spinning. I mean, the there's Something up with mood. that movie. Yeah, yeah, there's something up with you know. I
2: never thought of that, but um, now that you bring that up, do you remember yeah. Trent Reznor's album "Downward Spiral."
1: Oh, I use that all the time, actually. as See, that's that's actually how I try to explain magic. Us coming into the flesh is a downward spiral magic back up that spiral. Okay, well, <laughs> so it
2: definitely has some cold undertones to it then. Oh,
1: yeah. We even, I mean, that's to you know, it's coming out next week anyway, and I think we bring it up in that episode. But, you know, I, I think I might have made a joke because you get a lot of people who are always saying like, oh, uh, if you see that spiraling symbol, that automatically means a p-word. You know what I'm saying? Or that has something to do with that. And unfortunately, we have those in our eyeball lenses. So I guess we are all of that, aren't we? Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) There's there's reasons why that symbol's used besides that stuff. I would assume especially if you want to think of cultism, ocular, spirals, it may mean something besides kid shit.
0: Good, but good it's a
1: very deep symbol. <laughs> good
2: point. And, and there are <laughs> certain you know, colors.
1: Spirals. You even have the spirals in your eyes. So something well, you different.
2: have the uh, the uh, Yonkers cult. The the uh, cult. Uh, what do they call themselves? The occultists or occult culture? I'd, I'd have to get
1: back and look. They were they
2: that had uh, a <laughs> cult society.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, my boy, my boy, the headless giant. Shout out to the headless giant. Uh, he had told me about that. I, I looked it up. I have the link saved. I still haven't fucking looked at what he, yeah, I, I, I at what he sent that. me, but yeah, he told me that. I kind
2: of took note of it when I was looking at secret societies, kind of just going over my, my, uh, my geographic geographical locations. Like I, I'm from originally from Fairfield County, Connecticut. Um, my, and there in Richfield and, uh, you know, we left there when I was a child, but you know, um, uh, I, I don't sound like I'm from there. I was raised by a woman from West Virginia too. So you know if you wonder why well, you don't sound like you're from connecticut well yeah i mean i was lived there for you know i think I left when i was six so um but we lived halfway in between the process church headquarters and uh oh, really? another cult uh that was in pound ridge new york so we lived on the border and there was uh as i'm looking back in the past to see where these these locations are relative to my history so you have the pound ridge two miles away you had my house and then two miles past that into ridgefield you had another occult group so we kind of, you know, I've been kind of surrounded by these occult
1: groups my entire life, it seems. You know what and I'm going to ask up- you? I'm going to so ask not- you both. Just, just on this topic of occultism within Smiley Face Killers, um, I guess all three of us do believe that that could be a, an influence of why it's being done. Um, do you guys think uh, that, like, could it be, the person is like dead on purpose, or could it be like you know, a magic on room? Like, could it be a mixture of both? You know no, what I I'm saying? Like, maybe you know, like, uh, I know this sounds silly, but like, if you think about Inception, yep. you know, how like those people were kind of putting themselves into deeper states of dream, and yep. like, what at one point, one way to wake them up was the person into a tub, yeah, you know. Whitney Houston died in a tub. I mean, you know, and that's had some weird things around it about like sitting in there for hours before anything was ever done, you know. So who knows? But like what I'm getting at is like I do wonder sometimes like are these like magic gone wrong or is it an actual sacrifice, you know?
2: I think, I think, I don't think it's anything's mutually exclusive when you're talking to smiley face killers. I think you yeah. have different cells that, that, that stalk and, and to hunt and kill the victims differently. I think there's different purposes behind those killings. For example, there could be some, uh, or intentional rituals, ritual murder. Some of them are, you know, an initiation of the gang gone wrong. Like for example, there's a case out of Philadelphia from 2008, Tommy booth covered in the drowning forensics textbook covered in the oxygen, uh, smiley face series with detective Gannon and Gilbertson. Now this kid told his uncle, who was an army colonel said, Hey, I I'm in trouble. Uh, these, these people want to initiate me, initiate me into their like criminal activities and they're involved in drug running, gun running, you know, sex trafficking kind of, kind of activities. So I don't think anything's mutually exclusive. Like you have yeah. different, these different cells kind of operating within certain parameters, but ultimately speaking, gangs fund themselves through illicit, you know, illicit trafficking crimes, absolutely. Yeah. so I don't no, think we're find any different yeah. with the smiley face killers in that respect.
3: Yeah, yeah, I have no,
2: just just I, think you're right. I
3: yeah. Yeah.
2: Oh, go ahead. Go ahead.
1: Well, because I do think even...
4: that it's a syndicate for sure. I yeah. agree with you on that.
1: Yeah, I, but it just like even with the water stuff, the symbolism with that, I can see how like, uh, like if you if you knock somebody off and toss them in the water, it's like, yeah, I sent them to the abyss. If, right. in my opinion, this is just my my opinion. You took magic to probably uh, two extremes, or as far as you could take it, you're not going to come back, and you're going to be a lifeless dead body. Here. You just went somewhere else so you, you could just take that like yeah he's crossed over and we'll throw him in the water is the symbolism of him going off to the abyss now and going somewhere else right, you know i mean i'm sure it may back. not oh so yeah so that's what i'm getting well, like, so, mean, like you go
2: back to the ancient greeks isn't that part of the whole, the whole so, sort of their whole uh philosophy and theology into into death
3: mm-hmm.
1: yeah. yeah i mean i've even wondered like thought that like you know with how you you know, even sometimes when they supposedly send them out in water on fire, I think that
3: is
2: probably like a I, yeah. I, think, I think you're onto something. Cool. There, there is definitely some sort of occult understanding of water, and I think Drew touched some yeah. of it with the abyss. I think there's probably some more greater implications surrounding that 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 concept. But the mound builders, um, back to kind of where I where I find this to be the smiley face killers to be ritual murder, they they overwhelmingly occur. I'm not going to say exclusively, but I will say. You know, 90, to my to my understanding, ninety nine point nine percent, you know, occur in and around mound sites. Ancient the ancient sites of these mounds. Some of them still exists. Structures still exist. Some of them have been destroyed in years past. But what was important to the mound builders? What we do know about the mound builders, the folks who built these structures, these earthen structures, is that they built them at the confluence of waterways. That was a very important. Not only, waterways in general were important. So they're not building these mounds very very frequently, especially the older more, the uh, the Adena mounds, what they call them, the oldest mounds, the Adena culture. Uh, they're, they're the burial mounds in large part, or the Adena culture, and these are built along riverways, lakes, oceans, um, but more specifically at the confluence, so where two different waterways meet. And these are okay. so whatever was important to the mound builders relative to the water, it had something to do with why they built these mounds
1: there. You were
4: the the first
3: person,
1: yeah. Go ahead. Sorry. No, no, I was just going to make an occult joke about the eyeball. You (laughs) go. You go. You go. You go. And and then I have a question for you, actually, Lisa. So go ahead and say Okay.
4: You You were the first one to associate Native American historical landmarks with the smiley face. And the reason I say that is because I've listened, well, yes, partly. Um, The reason I say that is because in most of the stuff that I've read, you know, it's always, you know, this or that or whatnot. And and a weird occurrence that happened is that one of the times that I was down the trail, I ran into an individual and going down to the trail, often you kind of recognize the same people. And this person was an older gentleman and he started an offshoot conversation, started talking about Native American tribes, how they used to convene in this certain area and that they would make decisions and, and whatever. And, and I was like, Oh, wow, this is such an odd conversation. How it came out of nowhere, came home, looked it up, jotted down a couple of times, and then seeing where some of the um, where the place where the bodies were being left. I was like, Oh, that's interesting. Cause I remember a massacre had happened here, but they're probably not related. Right. And then I heard your podcast and I was like, Okay. I have these two pieces of information. I've never even placed them together. And I said, like, what are the chances? And so when I went back in and I looked, I was like, wow, yeah, there's, there's a lot of connections here. There's a very, you know, bloody history along the, the lake there as well as some of the creeks that ex- yeah. exist there. And so when I started to kind of look at the map and see where these creeks are, where the actual lake is, and then looking at religious centers, how they're concentrated in that area as well, True. and so it just it started to kind of just these pieces of the puzzle just started to kind of lay on top of each other. So.
2: Yeah, they kind of coalesce yeah. together once you start seeing yeah. all the seeing all the details in the, in the site picture. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Austin yeah. is a mound town and was built on uh, you know on mounds yeah. int- intentionally. Yeah. So the the state building, for example, that's a mound site. You know, Lady Bird Lake is a reservoir that was it was built by the U.S. Yes. Army Corps of Engineers.
4: One of eleven, so yeah. in in Texas. Mm-hmm. So the yeah. Colorado the Col- yeah, it's an 800 mile river and there was 11 reservoirs that were built on yep. that 800 mile river.
2: Yeah, and it was it was kind of more of a, like a 30 or 40 year project by the US Army Corps of Engineers. For example, right. about five miles down the road from my house here and I'm, I'm on the east side of Cincinnati in Claremont County. Um, and we just happen to be the number one drug overdose death capital of America per capita, okay. which I think that ties into the mounds because I have a general theory that weird shit happens in and around mounds and uh, just dark energies if you will yeah. uh, but just down the road from me here is a lake called east fork lake and there's okay. an infamous mound that was buried at the bottom of that lake by the army corps of engineers in the 1960s and it's oh, wow. called the monica mound it's literally shaped like a menorah and the reason why we know this mound existed is because back to that initial secret society that built america the society of cincinnati started by george washington and his officers of the, of the uh, revolutionary army um they they did they all drew maps and surveys they were all very skilled in mathematics right, especially right. george washington had a equate to a phd in mathematics by the age of 16. so wow. these men all drew very detailed surveys and maps and they did all their intent their primary seemingly their primary intent was to go draw all these mounds. and they drew this mound uh, four or five times before in the late 1700s early 1800s and then it was officially buried in 1960s along with a lot of other mounds kentucky tennessee alabama mississippi texas all these u.s army corps of engineer projects what they were doing i don't know i can't you know necessarily attribute nefarious you know uh you know attributes to their activities but what they what the product of their activities was was they were flooding towns that sat in valleys and the towns that sat in valleys all seemingly had some very important mound locations. Yes. Yeah. So I, yeah. I don't know. Again, I don't know if someone at the US Army Corps of Engineers said, you know what? Let's let's bury this history or bury these mounds. I tend to lean towards that. That's probably was at least part of their intention. But yeah. So the way I got on to the whole Smiley Face Killer kind of mound connection was, you know, much like your story there, at least it was kind of a roundabout way, just kind of seeing different details at different times and then eventually kind of coalescing into a, one, you know, cogent sight picture. Um, and that was, so I, well, let me take it back just one step. And how I got interested in smiley face killers in general, it's 2008. I was uh, stationed in San Antonio at uh, Randolph Air Force Base, working for the military no, police unit that. there. And I, I had escaped my hole for the afternoon. I was locked in. I had a office, you know, secure office down in the basement and I didn't ever like to go upstairs much, but when I did, uh, you know, I never stayed too long. You know, I was in and out, you know, too much politics going on up there for me. But, um, there was a TV on our lobby of our office and, and it was Fox news and it was detective again <laughs> and professor Gilbert and they were talking smiley face killers with a, was it's either Glenn Beck or Geraldo. I don't remember now. I'm not big into Fox news, but one of those characters and uh, they were describing all, you know, the whole, the whole uh, kind of the victimology, you know, it's never overweight, um, never underweight, athletic, 3.5 GPAs or higher, you know, kind of the yeah. best, the best. Right.
3: Yeah.
2: And uh, at that time it was just white men. For the most part caucasian right
3: right you know, it,
2: it's kind of uh different ethnic groups have been encompassed in the victimology since then but at that time it was, it was mm. ca- caucasians so i remember looking at the tv and i'm like wait a second i meet all these qualifications i was like i, I was like i got to learn more about this because i'd actually by that point in time i'd already been drugged in a bar before in south korea back in 2002 Oh. So I, I was, I was aware of that aspect of, you know, men do get drugged in bars. It does happen. So this is 2008 and I'm like, well, I go to bars about every night. So I better pay attention to what these people are talking about. And that was where, I, where my interest began. Years later, during my grad school education, I did some projects using the case studies and drowning forensics book as, you know, in my, in my research projects. So I kind of got more interested there. And at that time I was, I was traveling around the, the U.S. a lot in, when I had free time, you know, different cities across the US, I, I, I've been to like every Air Force base and that kind of thing. You know, just doing, you know, uh, military police duties from a higher headquarters level support type duties. And, uh, you know, I'd go and do my business in the base that day. And in the evenings, I, I, don't, I either go sit in my hotel room. I, By that point in time, I'd, I'd all but stopped going to bars every night and quit drinking. So um, I started going to mound sites and locations in these cities. And I started going to smiley face killer victim sites. These are two subjects that I that were my kind of my hobbies, and uh, I suddenly found myself at the same locations. You know, when I'm visiting a smiley face killer site, I'm all you know. When I'm looking it up in that town, I'm also well. There's where's the mounds at in this town, and where's the smiley face killer victims at in this town? And it turns out they were at the same spots.
1: So that's putting in Google Maps. To, yeah. It's like 500 feet away. You're like, fuck. Exactly.
2: Yeah. <laughs> like I'm already here. So that was that was kind of one of the first things that really kind of bridged the gap in my mind. But when I went back and looked at the details of the case, something I had overlooked <laughs> in, the, in the initial assessment by Gannon and Gilbertson, they had found the word "Sinn Wall" uh, in graffiti scribed on a wall near a victim near Smiley Face and a victim in Lansing, Michigan. This was like 2004 yeah. is when that, that victim occurred. Fast forward. To 2000 in, we'll call it six, I think, Matt Kruzicki was a high school varsity wrestler out of um, Heartland, Wisconsin, just north of Milwaukee. Arrowhead High School, I believe. So you can see the kind of the Indian terminology already being used there. So if you look Arrowhead High School up on a map, you'll see it's surrounded by mounds. So a lot of these victims I started discovering were coming from these mounds, right? Like mound areas. When In the case of Kruzicki, that's kind of tipped me off. So not only are he's later found at a mound, right? Deceased, right. hundreds of miles from his home. It's, and I'll get into that in a minute here, but he's you know that also bridges the gap in my mind that some of these victims are coming from cities that are mound cities as well. I don't know if it means anything. Oh, but
4: really yeah, no, no. That's which is interesting. That's interesting because most of the victims are not living in Austin or not from Austin.
2: And that's the case in a lot of the victims.
1: They're not from that city. Yeah. Yeah,
4: which yeah. is very Actually, odd.
1: That this, did, that's what I like think about that. Somebody who's not normally from there getting nope. fucked you know what I, 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 you know taken from somebody who's not normally from there
4: i yeah. mean that's like how yeah. serious players
1: get away for so long well so long until they get
4: that's why i yeah. think they're being stalked i gen i genuinely believe they're being stalked i mean everything leads to the conclusion that either they are already being tracked or they're being stalked or they have had a previous encounter of some sort um prior to that one encounter
2: I think um, you're spot on. Yeah, absolutely. And
4: so I will say this. Um, I don't know if this is a correlation, but there is a software company that recently set up shop here in Austin. And, um, I, I basically they started in 1977 and, um, they, their first client was a CIA mm-hmm. and they are a software company that basically collects data on all people in real time. And, um, I guess just track it. So it, to me, it, and, and they're located right across the street from where two bodies were found.
2: Interesting. Yeah. The CIA has quite a so, footprint in Austin. I can tell you that much.
4: Yeah. Yeah, they do. Yeah. Um,
2: the, uh, that's an interesting thought. Cause there are some, I just totally different, well, not, maybe not totally different, but slightly different, uh, subject um, homicide and occultism. At least the Idaho four murders out of Moscow, Idaho, I recently done, a, done, I've done a couple podcasts on the farm podcast with a host recluse, Steven Snyder. And one of the things that I discovered there was a software company out of Austin who processed the, um, the DNA evidence and they have some interesting connections as well.
3: Yeah. Yeah, um, yeah.
2: Relative. And that's the DNA evidence they're using to convict this alleged homicide, uh, homicidal um, maniac and Brian Coburn, yeah. who I don't think. And that is was, dead.
4: you know, and that was another thing. There's so many investigations into mm-hmm. medical examiners that mm-hmm. are nefarious as well. I mean, the one that was here in Travis County is under investigation currently under a lawsuit uh, for falsifying autopsies, changing um, his conclusions, I believe changing his testimony, as well as um, I believe there's one case where there were organs harvested and sold.
2: Wow. Those are some serious allegations. Yeah. 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 Now, um,
4: are they true? I don't know. But yeah. that's what the investigations are showing.
2: No, I mean, it definitely the, overall, the pattern that continues to repeat itself through through definitely these, I think, occult crimes in general, but finally faced killer victim crimes, murders, is the medical examiner's office is not doing their jobs. And the, that is a sort of a sliding scale. Yeah.
4: Most of the victims don't have a complete autopsy. Most of right. them are just kind of done. Um, I, I believe in some of the forums, they're indicating that families are being bullied to cremate. The yeah. loved ones, and um, yeah, so it's it. There's a uh, there's so many things that holes in the entire theory of it all.
2: Yeah, and it gets very political when these in these instances, and and back to the, some of the politics. What I'm referring to is how political these these the uh, investigations get with the smiley face killer victims, Mac Rizicki from just north of uh, Milwaukee, Wisconsin. Uh, so he dies in East of Boyk, Iowa, on the Iowa Illinois border there um he's his body's recovered off of Cincinnati Street which was the same name as the the previous uh indian name found in Lansing Michigan
3: right right right
2: Cincinnati Street is named Cincinnati Street because it sits at the confluence of uh Cincinnati River and the Mississippi River so where those two rivers meet it's a tributary into the Mississippi River if you follow Cincinnati River up about 30 miles you'll find Cincinnati Mound it okay. rattlesnake mound that's what right. that, is what that translates into if um there's not been any excavations or archaeological anthropological um ethn- ethnological excavations into or studies into that mound in wisconsin however okay. if you were to try to find another sin mound for relative comparison you can go to east st louis illinois cahokia the, the cahokia mound um, structures it's the largest mound complex still remaining in america it was a very important uh, complex to the uh, religious order behind the started the Knights Templar, the Cistercian monks, for example. Mm-hmm. Cistercian monks lived on top of the biggest mound there. It's the size, uh, square footage-wise, it's the size of the Great Pyramid. Uh, it's a pyramidal structure, but it's flat on top. It's called Monk's Mound because the Cistercian monks mm-hmm. back in like the early 1600s were living on top of it. So, oh. and that, again, those are the folks directly connected to the Knights Templar, the Templar descendants of the Society of Cincinnati, Society of Cincinnati's who built America on the mounds. So they, you can see kind of this evolution of mound, uh, you know, uh, at, you know, they, they have some sort of veneration to these mounds over the years. But Cahokia has a, a mound, Cincinnati Mound. It's been excavated. They've done numerous studies on it, anthrop- anthropological, archaeological. And uh, what they determined was, That all of the bodies they found in that mound were ritual human sacrifices and initially some of the early studies they determined the scientist folks determined that those ritual human sacrifices were of foreigners right folks from not within their community that were you know maybe passing through and kidnapped murdered or whatever um no they were they were now the leading theory is they were the best and the brightest men of that community which is in line with ancient human sacrificial uh yeah. philosophies that you can find even in the bible
3: correct the best yeah. and
2: the brightest yeah.
3: they yeah. up for
2: sacrifice offering.
4: of your firstborn firstborn yeah. was always yeah
2: so that's that's kind of what 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 i view the smiley face killer murders are is this modern day human sacrifice and again they're happening at the same locations as the ancient human sacrifices that we, we have documented here in america at some of these yeah. mound sites right. with kriziki yeah. you know you, you have the sincinoa which Again, so after I after I realized that I was visiting both mound and smiley face killer sites for the same locations across America. Um, that's when I went back and looked. I saw this in Senua pieces and I got deeper into that aspect of it to try to figure out if there is actual connections or they just, you know, more of a correlation versus causation type type argument. Was it the are these people being killed there because of these mounds, or is it just coincidence and it happens to be the same location. And I kind of that's when I determined to no. know this, this is this is far beyond sheer coincidence. And again, um, with Krzycki, there's even more details there besides just the human sacrifice portion there in the Cincinnati portion. His father, speaking to the p- politics of the matter, his father was a uh, U.S. Marshal for the Eastern District of Wisconsin. So you have uh, the marshals are set up in, in every state. You kind of broken into two different uh, mm-hmm. uh, divisions and two different regions of the state. Mm-hmm. His father was the U.S. Marshal there for that state. Before that, he was the county sheriff for the county where Krizicki grew up in and came from. So, and his, I believe his stepmother was a DEA agent. So wow. as far as the politics go, you know, you'd figure a family like that should be able to kick the can mm-hmm. down the road as far as an investigation right. goes into the murder. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Didn't happen. Yeah.
3: It didn't happen. No.
4: Because it goes further up.
2: Oh, that's one yeah, definitely. And, and the, yeah. to speaking to the, the occult nature of politics in this country, I think as well as what it speaks to, for example, back to the, uh, DC, uh, uh, restaurant establishment we referenced. Before. Yeah. Oh. One, one of the individuals that used to hang out there quite frequently was uh, John Podesta. Now, one of the most interesting details uh, I found out of the John Podesta emails was somebody wrote John Podesta an email and I, I can't remember who wrote the email right now. Come back to me eventually, maybe. But the, the email said, I need a Thelemic favor. That Thelemic favor was asking for a one-on-one meeting with Barack Obama because Podesta was Obama's senior advisor. And there's only one reason you're gonna use a phrase like that and it, it has no context unless the person you're writing to understands what that means. and has, yeah. has a context for that terminology. Yeah. So oh, yeah. there seems to be some high ranking politics and philemic yeah. activities that, that, that bridge somewhere in and around John Podesta yeah. in my opinion. Yeah. And yeah. I've, written, I've actually written a, a whole series on that, which I, I intend to turn into a podcast here soon since yeah. I no longer have those writings available on the internet. <laughs> and, uh, the, uh, oh, you could
1: probably do an amazing series on that.
2: well oh, it's some good stuff. I'll send it to you. I'll send yeah. it to you. You can, yeah. you, can, you can read it. At least I'll send you the intro, the the first chapter. I think it's a three part series. I tried to get. Oh, it, I actually tried to get it published in the National Enquirer a couple years ago, and I was this close to getting it done, and then it got canned the last minute, and I was blacklisted from any. I was working with. I had a business partner. I was working with a guy out of uh, Chicago, big big publisher guy. Used to have, he's an economic guy, but he used to write an economics column. Had 50 million daily daily readers, um, not circulation, but daily readers. Big big guy in, in the economics world, but um, I just needed his publishing, um, you know, connections. So he and, he and we we tried, failed, but that's why I'm saying, mm-hmm. like in my mind, there is a deep connection between the, the high level of politics and high level occultism in this country. So when you have cases like MacRozicky, who you'd think his family would be able to. to to, you know, properly stoke an investigation. Of their son's death it didn't happen. Eighteen now. Here is where I find an epicenter of this activity in and around Wisconsin and Minnesota. Is in my my opinion of the, of the is the the greatest volume of cases. And MacRozicky is a great example. Eighteen months after MacRozicky died, Jared Dion, Jared Dion died, SF, SFK victim in La Crosse, Wisconsin. They were on the same high school varsity wrestling team. This is.
4: That's right. That's right. Regardless.
2: You know, actually, I think I think now that I think that take that back. Jared Dion died in 04 and 18 months later, was was Matt Krasicky. Yeah. So yeah. Krasicky's a number of years separated from from high school. Like you know, you know, there's, you know, for these two victims, 18 months apart, 300 or so miles apart, not in their hometowns, right, away from their hometown, which again I think is a very, I stress that because I think it's a common thread in, in all these the victimologies
4: factor, from that town. Sure. Yeah, it's a key
2: factor. There's very few that are from that town yeah. you know, that, they're, that they're victimized in, uh, and murdered in. But yeah, so I think that's grounds for great. It's always been ground, nothing I've ever done, but seemingly grounds for greater scrutiny and investigation into kind of the where this phenomenon began, where how these cults operate, or maybe even the initial onset of the activity as far as the, the organized activity aspects of it, right? Because how would it get from New York, right, in 97, right, to Wisconsin, in 2004 and then Iowa in 2006 involved victims that were on the same high school varsity wrestling team. It's just beyond coincidence in my opinion. But, um, you know, no one really, you know, these are the things that that don't really seem to to get any kind of greater scrutiny from any law enforcement authorities and certainly not the FBI because relative to Jared Dion, the FBI reviewed his case. So he was one of the initial six or seven cases that occurred there in, in La Crosse. That the FBI reviewed those cases, right, and said nothing to see here, right? Right,
3: right? But what
2: their review consisted of this: they had received copies of the of the death investigation reports from from Lacrosse PD, right, to the FBI psychological and right. um, uh, behavioral analysis folks in DC,
4: mm-hmm. and all they
2: did was look at the reports and say, "Well, yeah, these right. are drownings. The report says it's a drowning. The words on the report say it's a drowning. It's a drowning."
4: And that's it. It was closed that's case. It. Nothing yeah. further. Yeah. yeah
2: so it's yeah. it's, an, it's that's what i like to call debunking the debunkers within the smiley <laughs> face killer, you know a phenomenon because everyone likes yeah. to reference oh i i i fact-checked you uh, the fbi says that's not a real thing i'm like yeah the fbi's investigation
1: no. wasn't a real no. thing
3: yeah.
0: it's something i uh, wanted to uh yeah go
1: ahead take, uh, i'm trying to interrupt but uh
3: no, just
1: because of the time because of the time i'll probably go like in about another 20 or 30 minutes so it's an occult reject show so it's kind of normally longer. So I don't mind going longer, but I, I do want to try to get into, uh, I do know that there was like certain topics that, uh, Vance, I know that you had said doesn't seem to be talked about or too big. I know we talked about some of them now, like the mountains and even this that don't seem to get enough light on it. And I know Lisa had said that herself. And she even said that you had, she thought you touched upon some things that need to be talked about more. Is there another example no. that one yeah. of yous, that both of yous would really, really like to really, you know, here's the time to talk about that topic more? You
2: know, yeah, I, you I know. have, I have one. I'll, I'll hold for last. I'll at least uh, bring up. No, one. go ahead, go ahead, go okay, ahead. Well, um, I, so uh, I think a lot of the feedback I get relative to my kind of my mound theory regarding the smiley face killer victim victims and the murders is that well, if every city's built on mounds, then you know how do you know that this is a mound related activity and i have two answers to that one is my what i call my albuquerque hypothesis so i took lacrosse wisconsin and i found a geographically separated but demographically similar kind of city as far as the college students go as far as the bars go as far as you know the uh the river through town goes right similar similar environment but i wanted a city that had more people than lacrosse whereas lacrosse has 12 victims since 1998, I think, and uh, 12 murders, you know, murder, murder victims there. Um, so looking at a city like Albuquerque, New Mexico, right, has no mounds, right? Has three times the population, uh, I think, of total population, maybe five times the population of college students, zero victims. So, and they have a river that runs right right, right through town, no different than La Crosse would, geographically speaking, relative to the universities and... So you know, if if, it, if this is not some sort of human sacrifice that's being conducted in modern day at being conducted at ancient human sacrifice sacrificial sites, these mounds, um, then what is it? Because you know, places like Albuquerque, New Mexico, should have thirty-six victims.
4: So many, right? Absolutely. Process yeah. 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 twelve. You know? to, I hate to use even
1: the word like occultism, but like a. Uh like I wonder if there's like something to do with literally that structure and running water, some sort of energy, some sort of portal, something like that. I mean, even like, I, I don't want to go into it too much, but like even like joking around about the eyeball and stuff, like I was saying something to Lisa earlier where I, uh, the things that we're covering with like the lens and the zombies. And I said, you know, joking around like drawbridges and moats and like, walking the plank or even like um, in golden child when that guy, when Eddie Murphy's got to walk on. Those oh, sticks, I love that movie. It's a great movie. That all that all could be like ways of showing that you have these things that look like sticks. The zonules like attached to your lens thing. And that determines, you know, I guess according, I'm sure Lisa can correct me if I'm wrong. That has something to do with raising the lens as well. Now, in my opinion, this is just, you know, this has something to do with magic. And I do think when that shit happens inside of there, um, it, it, death in a sense is actually part of magic. And when that shit and that change starts happening in your eyes and back into your brain, I do think there is death involved. So the, this whole spiel that I'm getting at is that spiraled mound which could be your spiraling pupil closing, and then mm-hmm. the water around it could literally be like the ocuous humor that is around your lens. Like, there's, there's stories of, like, the river of sticks As you, in my opinion. Yeah. You going across that river that has the zonules in and making it to your lens, which reflects, like, the lamp the hermit holds, who's also okay. holding a you know, yeah. So, like, I could see there's something up with these spirals in that water, multiple, multiple occult angles, to match death being there.
2: Interesting. Yeah, I think you're on. I think you're definitely onto something. I there is some, seems to be some sort of correlation there, and the and the whole as above, kind of so below context of the occultism where things replicate themselves in various I, formats. And forms. I think
4: if I think if you were to really analyze the body's being left and and do a thorough investigation or even get your hands on the actual things that are being said or not being placed in public you could literally see way more occult stuff than we than we're seeing right now on the surface Mm -hmm. for sure i think the water element is a two birds one stone thing water being uh, very strong in the occult but also washing clean the evidence leaving Mm -hmm. no trace and so it, it, it's a double whammy and, and absolutely the water's being used. The, the fact that these men are highly skilled, they're fit, um, educated young, I mean, it speaks to so many things. It could go back to, like you mentioned, the, uh, firstborn sacrifice, uh, human sacrifice, you always sacrifice the best. You never mm-hmm. sacrifice the worst, especially right. to the gods, right? right. You always gave the gods the best uh, of the best. Um, but also, it it almost brought about, you know, tissue and organ harvesting in my head. Because who would you gather um, if you were to gather tissue and organs from? It would be somebody that was highly educated, fit, and young. Um, mm-hmm. I mean, yeah. if you want to go into the whole tissue organ harvesting, just check out how much it is on the black market. I mean... Yeah. And again, I don't know what the autopsy says, you know, specifically, I only know what is being placed out for me to view. Um, so yeah. And then is our organs associated with the occult being removed or damaged? We don't know. You bring up some good points, so, Lisa. And I, I think um, there is
2: definitely some more, uh, you know, uh, in lack of a better term, occulted activities of organ harvesting that does go on in this country, even today. I mean, just mm-hmm. just on its face from the organs sold from Planned Parenthood to China, you know. There's, right. you know that's been fairly well documented by this brain. I mean,
4: just just alone with going back to the eye, just alone talking about how many people are on the wait list for eye transplants, corneal transplants, and how much it costs just for that.
2: Yeah, to you certainly can't rule it out. So. Yeah, certainly can't rule it yeah. out. That
3: is
1: a
2: good thought. Yeah. That's interesting. Yeah.
3: Interesting. But that's just so, you know,
1: anyway,
4: and
1: you mentioned it again, Lisa, and he mentioned earlier, and I thought about something. And I was like, yeah, no, I'm going to bring it up now since you mentioned it again. I mean, this could be a high stretch. And I'm not discrediting the parents of any of these victims, like grieving and really having not discrediting that. But if, if there was an occult aspect, let's say, maybe a tenth of these things, I mean, in, in the way that I'm thinking, you know, you never know, this could be possible. Um, you again talking about sacrificing your child. Well, if you know your child is going somewhere far and not normally around in its area, you could let somebody else know that, and they could go do what they need to do, and it never was around to you at all. Yeah, I mean,
2: you know, if you're going to start
1: taking in a child sacrifice at that point, I mean, who knows?
2: It's certainly possible. possible. I mean, again, I don't think it's a like a hundred percent rule, or you know, but yeah, no, I'm
1: just spitballing an idea. No, That's I think in right. some yeah, cases yeah, that, yeah. Could be,
2: that could very well yeah. be prevalent, yeah.
4: In terms of sacrificing, I will say that it's odd to me that some of these cities have a very high homeless population. And mm-hmm. it was always my belief, this is a tangent, but bear with me. It was always my belief that the reason the homeless population was allowed to increase was because it was a way to test, to have, you know, human clinical trials under the radar. That was always my conspiracy belief. And that if if it goes align with you know testing things such as software, such as products, such as heart organ harvesting, now switching from a homeless population to now a uh, prominent uh, demographic. That's that's yeah. kind of where I was going with with all that. But in terms of the sacrifice, yeah, I mean I'd never thought of that before, but that's 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 a very interesting angle.
2: I yeah. would leave it open that both of those things could be going yeah. On. Should, on,
4: on. Yeah, I don't think you should. Yeah. Definitely. And, and Austin, turn over, Austin's so. got a lot of
2: homeless population. Very high homeless population. Yeah. And as far yeah. as uh, the intelligence agencies, they love tormenting the homeless over the years. There's a long history of intelligence long... op- operations being perpetrated yes. against the yes. the edges of society, if you will, and that being drug addicts yeah. and homeless and et cetera.
3: Right, right, right.
2: So that's certainly that something right. that does that's yeah. play out. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I mean, yeah. overall, this is a nationwide, you know criminal syndicate nationwide cult whatever you want yeah. whatever terminology you want to apply to it there is a cult aspects to it but there's criminal gang aspects to it so it's kind of a hybrid
3: absolutely um, that's
1: what i from- and we're
4: on, we're only concentrating on the men that are found in the river we're not concentrating on the men that are found dead killed stabbed shot whatever no. it yeah. could be that somebody in the cult let's just say in in that cult uh, leaked information or accidentally sent a picture to the wrong person and all of a sudden they're dead on the street and in, in the barrios of wherever and you sure. don't associate the two at all Absolutely, except if you were looking for it yeah so, and, and and if
2: someone and in that scenario if someone's found dead on the street shot or stabbed that's a gang crime or uh, some sort right. of you know criminal organization Absolutely. crime and the, no chance in hell the law enforcement is going to try to connect the two they're just going to write off as another dead scumbag Why would you,
3: right?
4: Why would you? Unless you're looking for it. Yeah. Yeah.
2: That's a good point. And, you know, if you go from Boston, Massachusetts, Providence, Rhode Island, New York City, Hoboken, Union City, New Jersey City, I mean, all over that area. You know, I've documented a lot of the victims in those regions and the mounds related to the sites and stuff. it I mean, it's once you put it on a map, it's pretty apparent. You start putting you know points on a map, seeing where the victim was last seen, seeing where the victim's body's found, seeing where the uh, ancient mound structures either currently still sit, because they've been there for yeah. thousands of years, or they've been destroyed in years past, but we have maps show, showing where they were formerly located. Um, Pennsylvania, Philadelphia, you know, uh, Ohio, Cincinnati's a real hotbed, um, and across southern Ohio, um, Michigan, you know, Illinois right now is a like... like um, Austin, Chicago, and uh, kind of mid central Illinois, very heavy SFK victim activity right now. A lot of victims in those regions. Whereas, you know, Wisconsin and Minnesota, very much still act- active. Iowa, you know, those are all very, uh, you know, very active spots still. Seemingly right now, a lot of the concentrations in around Chicago and around Austin and around Houston. Um, yeah. Georgia is a very common place. I know uh speaking of william ramsey's smiley face killer documentaries and uh some of his his researcher that he used that he works with in those uh a fellow by the name of jim smith jim smith yes. and i have had numerous conversations offline in regards to the mound the he's i had him send me for example i had him send me a list of victims send me a list of 10 victims in your area in georgia that you think um or you know are, are good victim you know fit the victimology of the smiley face killer victims and most of, I think, five or six of the list he sent me, maybe, or you know, a, a couple of them. The majority of the list he sent me was from an area called Lake Lanier, Georgia. And you can just go on the Wikipedia page of Lake Lanier and, and see the history of the mountains that yeah. was Lake Lanier. And much like La- uh, Lady Bird Lake Reservoir uh, in Alston, Lake Lanier was built by the Army, U.S. Army Corps of Engineers, flooding uh, riverways and building a dam and flooding a town. And in that town, you know there's huge mouths mound complexes and Lake Lanier is an interesting spot as far as dark energy goes as well, because on and above the smiley face killer victims, which they have a long list from that, from that Lake in Northern Georgia, they have like 200 deaths over like the last few decades there. It's oh, wow. it's pretty extreme, you know, and these aren't deaths that, in large part. They're not water recreation activities, right? Like the face <laughs> they're not kids. They're not young men that are out doing boating or swimming or, you know, Okay. recreational activities in the warm, warm months. It's all non-recreational, nowhere near the water and in the cold months. And again, not just rivers.
3: That's you know, another
4: one. They're only in the cold months. Yeah.
2: Yeah, only in the cold months. And there's a lot of victims that have turned up in golf course retaining ponds. You know, water obstacles on golf courses. Now, the thing to know about golf courses is there's not a golf course in the Midwest that's not built around mounds because when you're building a golf course, you want some sort of natural topography to, you know, obstacles and stuff. And if you already have mounds there, you build around the mounds. And I can point out dozens of golf courses that meet that
1: criteria. That Trump has, that's why Trump's got golf. <laughs> you never know. You never
2: know. <laughs> I tend to, I tend to attribute to a Scottish, Scottish uh, heritage. We never know.
1: Yeah. <laughs> Yo, that's really weird. With the mounds you're making me, you know, you me think of. I don't, and I don't think it's a, who knows. I don't think it's a smiley face killer thing. But uh, you know, even growing up out in like Long Island, uh, you know, they have Rockham out there, Lake Rockham, which I wasn't too far away from. And uh, you know, for a while every year for the longest time. Always, someone would drown every summer, and like they even have this Indian, you know, tale about it. I think the princess yeah. of the lake, you know, and so she takes a man every year because she couldn't fucking marry the dude she wanted to be with. Some shit like that. I've heard. Yeah. I've heard that story. Yeah, it's, so you know, and I'll, I'll, I'll be, be
2: Smithtown, Smithtown I'll Comac.
1: Mean, yeah, it's it's well, it's in Lake Rockonkoma. Yeah, yeah Smithtown uh, would be like right next door. Right next door. Yeah,
2: I used to spend a lot of time out there. I got a friend who lives there.
1: Oh, okay. All right. Oh damn. I gotta talk to you So I've heard that I, story. I, I yeah, there's right a, lot the of, a lot of a lot of
2: mound. Um what's the yeah, Burke, and it's, Haven Labs, is it right there in Smithtown? That's built on mounts. Yeah,
1: that's that, Mount. yeah, too far away. Yeah, that is true. That's so I mean even Tussle wanted to fucking put his thing out here too on Long Island. Very yeah, weird, true, but uh, like
3: I'm I am mean, no, no, wondering I'm like Okay, is yeah.
1: there is there mounds anywhere around this lake?
3: I should be wondering about. Yeah, there things.
2: no there is. Yeah, that Long Island's got a lot of that, a lot of mound activity throughout there. A lot of them were the uh, they were the shell mounds. They called them the midden mounds. So what happened with the mound builders? They built with whatever earth and materials they had available to them. A lot of times historians call them seashell junk piles, but they're really they're called midden mounds. M I D. And you know, what?
1: thinking about mm-hmm. it now and, and again, I'm not it says anything to so Face Killers, but like. I did uh, thinking. I'm like, well, I'm like, I did. Unfortunately, I went to school with a kid who ended up one of the people that drowned in that lake. But then I was thinking, I was like, but he was he was in the April Posse though. So <laughs> like, it
3: was a gang.
1: Yeah. <laughs> I now, actually
2: I actually know a smiley face killer victim. He died uh, in 20. Well, his body's never been recovered, but he fits the the victimology of a smiley face killer victim. Kid that, kid that briefly worked for me uh, in a pre-deployment training in Iraq in 2011. He was uh, he disappeared out of Hermosa Beach, California, Michael Van Zant Didn't know the kid that great. I was only in training with him for about six weeks. For He went to a different base in Iraq than I did. But he was my my radio controller on my flight. I was the flight chief for security operations. So I had you know, 40, 40, 50 troops. He was my um, radio operator in the security control center um, for a number of weeks there in our training. Yeah, sharp kid squared away. I mean, I, you know, as far as some kid, who's just going to leave his family and his kids and go disappear and, and, you know, run off. It's not, not never the type of character I would have presumed that guy to be. Again, I didn't know him intimately well, just professionally that is, but you know um, it's, you know, that's, that's one case that's always kind of troubled me. Cause again, they've never even found that man's body. Um speaking to you, your, your reference of going to school with a fellow that yeah. drowned out in that. Like,
1: Wild. Yeah, I, I just overwhelming. I think,
2: you know, again, back to my point of, of all these cities are built on mounds, not just the Albuquerque hypothesis piece I discussed before, but um, another case featured in the Oxygen series about the smiley face killer victims, um, the hunt for the smiley face killers, and in the textbook by Gilbert and Ganison, a fellow by the name of Todd Guybe. 2005, Casanova, Michigan, so about an hour and 15 minutes north of Lansing, where the Cincinnati Wall graffiti was, where Lansing's got five or six victims that I can think of off the top of my head since 1996. So a year before Patrick McNeil, they had a smiley face killer victim in Lansing. So that's why I, you know, I'm happy to, I'm fine with calling Patrick McNeil patient or victim zero, but I do leave open the possibility that there are previous. Yeah,
4: no, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. I agree. hundred percent with that.
2: And speaking of the gang portion with the, the, uh, eight ball fellows you were just talking about there, Nick, yeah. you know, gangs often deal drugs. So. Oh yeah. There's a gang and a drug dealer associated with the Todd Geib case. So according to Gannon and Gilbertson in their textbook, they had, uh, they've given names to law enforcement. They've given suspect names. They've met with politicians. They've met with the FBI. They've met with the department of justice. No one wants these suspect names. You know what I mean? The Gilbert and Gannon to produce Gilbert and Gannon and their team. Um, but relative to the Todd Geib case, the cocaine dealer that had a beef with Todd Geib, who they was their number one suspect for Gilbert and Gannon, Gilbert and Gannon, They they don't put the man's name in the book, but they reference the cocaine dealer from Lansing, Michigan. He was present at the party, the field party that Todd Geib disappeared from in his hometown. Small rural hometown, you know, again, 60, 70 miles north of Lansing. So no cities around there, right? So they just happened to find one of the small towns in Michigan that was built on a mound. And Todd was later found, you know, in, in the pond right there by his house in the field party that he, you know, in a town he grew up in. And again, the cocaine dealer was present. At that party, so, you know, and the forensics behind his death was was pretty interesting because it was covered in the Oxygen series show. They did the pig experiment, where they had the pig in the water for three weeks to see what kind of
1: yes, I remember that.
2: The water temperatures were a little bit warmer there, so they thought there might be some sort of variations and stuff. It's all covered in great detail in the textbook. The TV show was simply putting the textbook on on into a television format for five of the cases. So you can find more details from five of those cases from the TV series in their case studies and drowning forensics textbook, which is like 2013 or 14 when that came out. But the, um, you know, the pig experiment was, was pretty, it was a good, ind- strong indicator they did the show showing that Todd guy was not in that water for 21 days. Right. And not only on top of that, not only was he not clearly not in the water, the owner of that pond was scuba diving in that and went right into the area right. right. on right where the same location where mm-hmm. they found todd's body you know two days after he was scuba diving right you know and todd was found floating bobber like a bobber you know up and down like almost standing in the water right so
3: weird
2: and that's not how men generally are found
3: no very- no not
2: at all again no bloating so he shouldn't have been floating at all yeah, yeah. To point out earlier lisa yeah and yeah. Uh, a smiley face uh Graffiti was found right by right by where his body was found, where, where you know, a nearby tree. In the year after Todd's death, someone put a smiley face sticker on his oh, gravestone. On the
4: graveside.
3: That this is right. three
2: years prior to any public comment from, from Gannon or Gilbertson
3: right. on the smiley face graffiti. Yeah. Yeah. So
2: that clearly indicates there was insider knowledge of whoever did that.
3: Absolutely.
2: So there's, yeah. and he grew up on a mound a mound complex called the Half Moon Lake. Mound Group, Mound Complex.
3: Weird. Yeah. This so and, weird.
2: yeah, and and as far as the authorities' treatment of that, I think the I find the the way that the manner in which the authorities treat these families just absolutely abysmal. You know, just completely abysmal. If, a good indicator of that is the Dakota James case from 2017. There's a the, out of Pittsburgh uh, featured in the Oxen Show, but not in the book because it happened after the book, but featured in the show. And, uh, Dakota James's family just got awful treatment from the prosecutor's office, the police, everybody, um, the local newspaper was so, you know, so perturbed by this treatment that they witnessed the family, the crime reporter from the Pittsburgh post-gazette did a podcast on on Dakota James's death and two of the other or Paul Kochu and another victim, Jimmy slang, I think was his name, three victims all around the same time period, all in Pittsburgh, all meeting very, the same SFK victimology criteria all found in water. Um, but he he did a very good expose on just how the families were treated in those cases. You know, and Todd guybe is another good indicator of how awful some of these families are treated. They said he ran away with a hooker. The authorities told him that. Then they came back and printed this one in the newspaper. Todd was hit by a car and buried in a shallow grave. And then, you know, then the third week was was when his body was discovered in the pond. So all of those were kind of blown out of the water, but it just shows you that the lack of integrity in these authorities. And then uh, it wasn't serial wax, but it was a different pathologist and his name's escaping me at the moment, but that this pathologist got involved in the Todd guy case, took the autopsy, got a second autopsy report he, that he did. Right. Um, that, that this pathologist did. I think, he, I think he was out of upstate New York, if I remember correctly, which that's another hotbed Syracuse, yeah. Ithaca. You know all those those areas in upstate new york those are all very sfk uh ithaca's terrible they got at least a dozen in, in the last 15 years or 20 years um again see it, that's like, like even like,
1: another thing like not to like interrupt and i'm not going to go on okay. too long but like you have stuff like i feel like from as you mentioned straight down to like where the son of sam was you yeah. know what I'm saying? I feel you have so much like weird different occult groups or the Hudson River Valley, yeah. Or sure. cults popping up from like the seventies on, like just up that area.
2: I'll give you and one you
1: see those fucking weirdest goes on too.
2: Well, I'll give you an older one. Like the, weirdest weirdest
0: yeah.
2: the Society of Cincinnati started in the Hudson River Valley, just south of Newburgh, right on the Hudson River, right on the mound. <laughs> So that whole that whole yeah that whole kind of that that whole area of New York uh, that band of New York there yeah you're right there's definitely a lot of weird activity Sleepy Hollow falls in that Terrytown New York falls through there as well. I mean, no, fuck! But... I
1: mean, Joseph Smith found his fucking Mormon plates in fucking New York for fuck's sake.
2: My cousin Joseph Smith found his <laughs> Mormon plates. <laughs> yeah.
3: real, oh. real
1: quick, we only uh, I'll give you know about another ten minutes for two hours and we'll wrap it up there, Lisa. Was there anything that I uh, that you I know you had things that you were like saying you thought were really important. I think
4: think one was the software company. That was one thing that I wanted to mention. And then um, the association with the the bloody history of Austin, Um, just a side tangent was that there is, um, I believe a a group of people wanting the remains back of their ancestors that the museum, not the museum, but the university here has them and will not release them. Mm. um that they found them along the river along the creeks in those areas where these bodies are being found but they've collect them and they're in collectors um storage i guess and that the i guess descendants have have requested these remains so that they may bury them somewhere and they said well there's no association we can't you know we don't see any association genetic wise And so there is all that skirmish going on in the background. Of course, you don't hear about it, but I think at some point there, there's, you know, it, it's kind of sad. You know, it's like over 2,000 remains, so it's not just like one or two. And I think they're only requesting like three, but out of the 2,000. But Mm. there's that that you know the bloody history, the fact that there is this ongoing um, Native American skirmish with the, I guess modernized population. I don't know how you would classify that. and then um just thought that you know you pretty much highlighted everything was that you know the the months when they're happening they're not happening in the summer um it's not fitting the pattern of accidental drowning but yet it is being ruled accidental drowning Mm -hmm. um and so yeah that's that was pretty much the extent of it
1: there there was was another question i did want to ask both of you Um, these debts do a lot of them primarily happen like I would say give it between like uh you mentioned Halloween before so I'll go far back as Halloween uh but I, I'd rather prefer like around Christmas or the winter you know or like at the end of fall right before the spring do a lot of them happen during that time I mean like you said yourself before january there was a few
2: yeah I, I think I think from my from what I've uh, kind of noticed you know New Year's Eve uh halloween these are these are you know you can find a lot of victims from those two dates and you know within a day or two of those dates especially um but yeah i think a lot of times february february seems to be an uptick february and march during the you know in march in boston that's still freezing you know so or even yeah. new york at times
1: i'm getting
3: like at least in reason. austin
4: it's like the first week for sure and then midweek and that's pretty much it I think there was an outlier of where there was like a body recovered almost every week in December, but that was back in, um, 2018. And, but yeah, it was, it almost, it almost follows a pattern of a paycheck. Like if you're getting a biweekly paycheck, you know know what I mean? Or in moon cycles,
2: which is prevalent. in I believe it's the Zodiac killings. Yes. Yes.
4: And so I have yet to map out the, that was going to be my next thing is to map out the moon cycles on these, but you go into certain news articles and it'll say, oh, they went they went missing this day. And then somebody else will say, no, they they were found that day. And so you have to cross-reference all right. of these articles to make sure that it is that day that, that they were found or when they – so I still have yet to confirm all of that. Yeah, but if then you do get into, into, into that, cycles,
1: if you do get into that, uh, just, just from my, just, you know, my advice, I will look at the day they disappeared. And I would even keep track of the day that and, and see correlations they were – yeah, yeah found. even yeah. Uh, yeah, even the astrology of what's going on, yep. or the
4: date, or these okay. other
1: things that yeah. went on. Yeah, I would even check. I think that they want they
4: they purposely want people to find them, like yep. I it, the the whole braggadocious thing. And they they bury them instead so of
1: tossing them in water.
4: <laughs> Especially oh,
3: the first where left. Absolutely, absolutely. many, many victims are found within
2: feet of where they disappeared from.
3: Yes, yes.
2: And, and water currents and would, would take them somewhere else in the river. By, and you know.
3: they're
4: found floating with face up. Right. I think that was another thing, because usually when you're drowning, you know, accidental drownings, you're face down. Um, I think one of them, I can't remember who, but they were, um, it wasn't in Austin, but it was someone was found laying with their arms Chris crossed. Chris Jenkins. Or, that's who it was. All in right.
2: 2002, he disappeared.
3: Yeah. And so again, then,
2: you have another, they finally did classify his case as a homicide, but for years accidental. He's wearing different shoes. He's still in his Halloween yeah. costume. When they find him three weeks later, he's fallen off a bridge that he clearly would have broken bones, has no broken bones that even though they said he jumped off the bridge and commit suicide mm-hmm. dogs tracked him from the bar. He okay. was thrown out of to a parking garage where they found it, par- portions of his Halloween costume down across the bridge in the middle of the roadway. So he clearly didn't walk th- through the middle lane of traffic down over a bridge.
3: Right. It right. seems right. and this
2: is another case where dogs track the victims sent and he's clearly being taken out in a vehicle somehow.
1: So even yeah. even your arms crossed like that as Osiris Risen used that. Right.
2: That's what it reminded me of. Yeah, rebirth.
3: Yeah.
1: I mean, even that again, I mean, that, I'm not going to go into it again, the whole thing with the eyeball and the sticks and stuff, but even Osiris Risen fits that whole yeah. rising and, huh. you know, the lens and stuff. Very, very,
2: well, weird, and, very weird. And in Chris Jenkins' case, his uncle was a regional FBI director and the family's... They finally did get it uh, yeah. classified as a homicide. It took them a lot of work.
3: That
1: are, really I, remember, yeah, I, remember, I remember actually uh, kind of like keeping a track on that. I, was, like, I don't remember if it was the same bar, if it was a
2: different bar, but like three or four months after Chris Jenkins' murder, it was at least on the same road in a little bar area there in Minneapolis, another victim was nearly kidnapped, and his friend stopped it. It's closing time so this is how i think a lot of these cases go down this is one of the witness statements that reported this to detective gannon later um was that uh he was out there's a victim this would be victim was out with his friends at a bar they all kind of got separated at closing time getting ready to leave the bar right and the the two or three friends are looking for their other buddy and they can't find him and next thing they know you know they said he was totally fine he wasn't totally inebriated he was walking talking everything next thing they, know, they go outside there's two men walking with their inebriated, now super inebriated, inebriated friend, because he's probably drugged with GHB by that point, as, as it would later indicate from his behaviors. Um, but they were walk, just walking casually with him down the sidewalk, kind of like holding his arms and elbows, you know, like helping him into a like a panel van, you know. That was sitting with the door open, and his his friends interceded. They ran down there and they started, you know, beating the guys up. They were they were trying to apparently kidnap their friend and. And then they they, 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 those guys jumped in the van and they got their friend out of there safely. And then they reported the detective Gannon. So, I think that's a lot of you know. If you want to talk about the mode of operations that, that kind of goes on with the with how you how you extract a victim out of those circumstances, that's I think that's a great indicator yeah. right there.
1: You know, what, you mentioned this whole bar thing, and this will be like the last question, and then we'll wrap it up. Just because I can't remember the exact name, but. Isn't there a connection between Gacy and another serial killer actually getting a kid from a bar? The same bar, mm. I there's can't definitely, remember. Definitely which evidence Gacy working one it network. is. definitely, like, sorry, no
3: good, go
1: no good. Uh, I, I can't remember if it's Dahmer or another one, but it's, I mean, first off, Gacy, we covered the Loyal Order of the Moose, he was in that. I guys got 33 flavors. Fucking baloney show people, I definitely think Casey. You know, he's in it, he was in a secret society, the loyal, order of the most uh, that's a uh, you know, false like,
2: democratic politician,
1: yeah. So, I mean, like, so now, like, him and uh, another serial killer, who, I can't remember the name, but also had some weird shit that, in my opinion, had occultism tied to it. Like, both of them, again, using a bar to acquire, yeah, someone. Dahmer
2: definitely was. Dahmer was kidnapping oh, man, that's, men that's from true. bars, often gay yeah. men, um, taking them back to his apartment, disposing their bodies oftentimes, and I think of acid. There's a lot of weird stuff like yeah, around then Dahmer.
1: I, then then I, I think it was him, because is he the one who had, like, the skulls and actually building, like, yep. an altar? Yep. Him and Gacy have both had victims from, I think, the same fucking bar. And in my opinion, yeah. they're both the cultists. So it just seems like... I mean, once in a while, you know, they about like, they still, away.
2: Yeah. The, the close geographical you know area there so i mean it's and it's again areas chicago milwaukee these are smiley face killer victim areas as well so is there is there a larger occult atmosphere that, that exists in those towns and cities i think it's possible think but it's and to answer your question real quick and this will be my last statement for you we've got to close out here nick it's been great conversating with well, you, well, you and, well, and lisa well, as, we as well but the, uh, in reference to the bands, I think there is, again, the traveling band That's aspect right. to it. One That's of the right. early victims, nah, I don't think early, we'll call it 2006, Luke Coleman, Lacrosse, La Wisconsin. Uh, he was a college basketball player, high school varsity quarterback, you know, very athletic individual, very smart man as far as his grade point average, et cetera. Um, but again, best of the best. He's at a bar there in Lacrosse, a, a bar where numerous victims were last seen. lacrosse victims i believe three or four of the lacrosse victims were last at this bar in lacrosse he gets into a fight with these with the band at that bar they're all you know they're in between sets or whatever i think i think maybe they were even outside he gets an altercation that altercation gets broken up later he disappears right he's found i think a week later or so in the mississippi river right adjacent to a mound there um in lacrosse and uh you know Autopsy results would later show uh, he had significant signs of defensive wounds and being assaulted. I think his, he had a head injury, like he'd been hit with something in the head. You know, of course, they ruled an, an accidental death, um, drowning. D- during the investigation, they they were doing, you know, searching for the man. At a checkpoint out, outside of Lacrosse, uh, a van was stopped. I believe it was the same van as the band's van from that night. And uh, it tested, po- the, 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 the dogs hit on it for scent and they found blood in the van. The state police did lacrosse pd told the state police let that van go yeah so they let it go yeah,
3: yeah. but that speaks to that's
2: the scenario where yeah. a band was very likely involved in the in the murder yeah. of luke Holman. and on top of that well i think about it right around the same time in lacrosse in around 2006 2007 someone got busted with an obscene amount of ghv production so, Holy, this gives, you, gives you some examples of what might be going on here. So, and have, there
4: have and, and there have been band members that are suspects, sure. in in cases. So that's also
2: yep.
3: part
4: of it.
2: But it's a good way uh, to get away from the crime because no one's gonna no one's gonna wonder why you left town. Of course, you left town. You're part of the band. You're leaving. Yep. And again, exactly. this is just a small band who played played small tours at different college bars and stuff right. like that.
1: Right. So. Yeah, it's like a, I have three band members that I was with them at this time. Nope. Yep.
4: I was a roadie. We're all yeah. hanging out drinking.
1: Yeah, they may
2: not even be the people singing or playing the music. They might be yeah. the light the lighting guy or the oh, sound yeah, the, the, guy.
1: Right. Fucking roadie. It could be roadies and carnies. Yep. Oh, thank you both very you much. much. Actually I, I I do have one more question. Uh actually Lisa, I don't know if you're into this, but you mentioned his name before. I have a question okay. for you. Is he guilty, not guilty, or, or was somebody involved? Brian Kohlberger.
2: Oh, I, I mentioned his
1: name. Yeah. What do you think? Um, what do you think that questions for you? And Lisa, if, if Lisa knows who this even is.
4: <laughs> no, I do know who it is. I'm, I'm, Um, I'm, I'm, I don't Oh man, I don't know. I'm on the fence for sure. Yeah. Cause some you, of it is, is dead on and some of it's like, no, he's probably not even involved at all. So yeah, I'm on the fence for sure.
1: I mean, what do you think? I'll,
2: I'll go ahead and say not guilty. And I'll okay. use a reference point. You can listen to Operation GCD podcast pod number three. I published it about six weeks ago. Um, I did it, it was a conversation I had with uh, on the farm podcast with Re- host recluse Steven Snyder. We actually did an update to that podcast. That's the recorded version. I was on a live show. He does a, like a monthly live party. I think I was on his monthly live party two weeks ago. I did an update on that case and I'll be posting that here soon. Uh, as a recorded version of a podcast as well. I would say uh, the, 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 he's not guilty. All the forensics support that the police are full shit. And the, um, <laughs> the, uh, it, it, that strangely enough, in my opinion, uh, that has connections to Silicon Valley bank, FTX crypto coin, and this Authram company, which is this yeah, yeah. Silicon Valley company down there out of Austin that does DNA testing. Yes. And funded by Silicon Valley bank that author organization was um and yeah, we're FTX, I'm gonna we're, have to
1: get you on for this
2: <laughs> yeah the FTX cryptocurrency situation they bought a small rural bank huge money laundering operation obviously and for whatever reason they bought a small rural bank 30 miles outside of Moscow Idaho again I think it's I don't know what it is but I I largely suspect there's some large-scale drug trafficking operations involved in that environment within those college students within the Greek Society and I had offered six or seven different instances of drug trap not drug possession drug trafficking within I, I definitely... within the fraternities and sororities there and uh i don't think cobra has anything to do with it he was an intern at the local police department across the border in washington i think they looked down the hallway and said let's pin it on the intern oh you know i really do I because mean, they're so involved they're so involved in it within the the political structure there but i'll leave
1: you with this though, day one like that. You, you agree from day one, Nick. well, yeah. the, the thing, uh, I don't, you know, with Kohlberger, he, I totally believe, I do think there's a possibility he neither had nothing to do with it or it was him and multiple people. Like, if, if he is right. guilty, he did not do it alone.
3: Yeah. I was there. That's
4: kind of where I'm going with it. That too.
1: whole thing, I have said it since day one. There was either drugs and or prostitution. Oh, both, no,
2: is no, evidence why both. <laughs> there's
1: people dead in that
2: house? Yeah, there's evidence yeah. of both of those things going on, actually. Yeah. So, yeah.
1: you're or a very there. pissed off sugar daddy.
2: So, <laughs> uh, one, one other one last note on Moscow for, for you both, and relative to the smiley face killers. I'll, I'll circle it back and and bring that back here to a close. In May of 2022, there was a fellow by the name of Hudson Lindau, I believe he was a junior there at the University of Idaho. He went out to a fraternity party. So they can't have parties at the sorority houses. The fraternity houses have to host the sorority house parties. That makes sense. I think this was a sorority party, but it was at a fraternity house. So, and they all live in Greek row there where that murder house was. That's Greek row on the campus and just off the campus. All the Greek Greek students who don't want to live on campus, they move right there in King street and queen street, right where the murder house was. So all the neighbors, there are all fraternity and sorority people, right? They all know each other. They're yep. all at a party. This Hudson Lindell guy was at the party, so were all the murder victims from the Moscow 1122 King Street murder house, back in May of last year, right? Hudson Lindell goes missing from that party, fraternity party again, or sorority party at a fraternity house. Not his fraternity, but one of the neighboring fraternities. He find they find him. I think two days later in the creek, dead, or dead of drowning. So, I I personally think that's some enterprising fraternity students. Who wanted to kill their fraternity brother or their fellow Greek, you know, society brother, for whatever reason could be connected to the the large scale drug trafficking and prostitution going on there? Maybe he he wanted to, you know, bring that to light. Who knows? There's not enough information available for me to make that conclusion. All I can say is I think enterprising fraternity students from the University of Idaho did a, uh, a copycat smiley face killer murder, and uh, and again, no one investigated.
1: Maybe wrote, it was or, like. Maybe it was was almost a copycat of Jack the Ripper. Jack the Ripper happened in 1880 and Idaho College was founded in 1889. That's interesting. Both both girls that looked like, you know, I don't want to judge a book by its cover, but you never know. They might have been around. (laughs) So maybe it wasn't much different. You know, people like just getting killed from Jack the Ripper.
2: Yeah, I mean, there does seem to be thing, some real quick, to that house. So,
1: and real quick, just, and then we'll just wrap it up with this. You did mention it was Kings Road, eleven twenty-two. Eleven twenty-two. In the corner
2: of King and Queen.
1: Queen. Yes. So you put that together. It, well, neither you put it together, and you get thirty-three. Or if you want to keep going with that, the next number would be thirty-three. And what building did Kohlberger live in in his apartment complex? Thirty-three. No, G.
3: Well,
2: maybe it was 33, e? okay. but it was also a G building, too. Okay. There's too That's much.
1: Right. This yeah, G you're, right, you're right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah, yeah there's too right, much with the fucking numbers at 417. Yeah. So you think the G
2: is like the symbol of the Freemasonry G? Is that what you're kind of getting at? I, I,
1: I think besides if he really did it or not, with the Gematria and the symbolism, there is a lot of fuckery with this one case. You
2: could right. also go. You could also go the route of killing of the king ritual. Right. Eleven twenty two. Oh, King. That's right. JFK. Yeah.
4: Twenty two yeah, sixty three. Yeah,
2: yeah, killing.
3: That's right. That's yeah, just this whole novel. case. Just go with it.
1: Stinks. Uh, stinks like I, real I, nasty shit.
2: <laughs> I tend to agree with you. Yeah. I tend to agree with you. And uh I kind of frame it as uh I, I do a lot of compare and contrast with the OJ Simpson case. The forensics, the uh the public. Uh, the execution in the public media of both O.J. Simpson, now Brian Koberger. First of all, O.J. Simpson, if you're not familiar with it, he's not guilty. The forensics don't lie. The, the, the investigation doesn't lie. The judge lies. He didn't, wouldn't allow some of that stuff into court, right, in the Simpson case. The same people involved in prosecuting O.J. Simpson, literally, Mark Furman and Marsha Clark, they're on the media prosecuting uh, Brian Koberger all the time now in the court of public opinion. There's a lot more. There's a lot of other, you know, correlations
1: there, but that's sure, just yeah. some, of, some of it. <clears throat> I definitely um sooner than later, uh, because who knows what might happen with this case? Uh, I would love to get you back on actually to cover the Colberger case. Sure, I've wanted to do that. I wanted to. Yeah. I've wanted to do that file. It's just like the one other person I know. Uh, they kind of do like internet radio as like full time jobs. so like it's just, like real hard to get them on my show. Well, I'm happy to but do I'd it. Yeah, to, I mean, like I said, yeah, I'd love you to or... actually have you. Yeah, I don't, you know what the thing is? I don't know too many people that I would think has enough info to talk on the case. If you know half of much of this case than you do about the smiley face killers, I'm totally uh, mm-hmm. fine. So, <laughs> yeah, yeah, so I'm, I'm sure you'll do an excellent job. So, yeah, after this, uh, we'll definitely have to talk. I'd love to have you come on, talk about that, and, and even the mound stuff. You know, yeah, I we to. I should, very very interesting and uh so thank you thank you both for coming on thank you yeah well thank thanks lisa nick for, for inviting everyone. me thanks
2: lisa for the conversation as well i i thank enjoyed the smiley you. face killer conversation here happy thank to you. Hell yeah. happy yeah. to come back
3: happy and to come I, back to announce
2: talk idaho stuff and you know whatever you, whatever you want to talk about
1: cool thing was too i think we all threw out some like a lot of uh, we, we said it was a lot of spitballing but i don't think those all should be like tossed as silly you know, I think we all really kind of added in our own way, our own theories that really kind of like, I think are, you know, have some credit to them. So yeah. I really, I thoroughly enjoyed all three of our angles at once covering this topic. So, yeah, for sure. Thank you. I, I appreciate that. And uh, I hope that the uh, listeners appreciate it too. Uh, and also, thank you all, all the listeners that jumped into the uh, chat. I saw that you had, uh, you had some comments going on. I appreciate that. That's why I go live. Uh, so, yeah, thank you all for that as well. Till the next one, everybody be well.